Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again. This is part two of year two of the NottonHallOfFame.com mock committee, where we are transparent. We are going to work all together to walk us through who we think should be in the 2022 Pro Football Hall of Fame class. We've got some new faces. We've got some returning faces. I don't know if we should go to introduce everyone or just as soon. How about this? The first time uh, that you uh, interject, just introduce yourself. So I'll go first. Kirk Buckner, owner of NottonHallOfFame.com. And I'm going to plug my other stuff because, hey, why not? The fictitious athlete Hall of Fame.com. Yeah, that's actually not dot, dot com. Fictitious Athlete Hall of Fame, Fictitious Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and some of the people on this panel are part of the United States Athletic Hall of Fame. Believe it or not, no one, no one put that together. Evan and I did. How, how did a Canadian, Evan, figure this out? And then uh, a Chicago and Bostonian American? We, well, because we actually were looking at the Canadian and Australian National Hall of Fames, we're like, hmm, where, who's in the US Hall of Fame? And realized nobody had one. So it's too simple an idea not to try and do something with, so. Yeah. So with that, uh, we had everyone vote. We've had more votes than people because some people wanted to put in their votes, but we're not able to attend tonight. Uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame threw us a bit of a curve. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought based on past history that they would be doing that next week because usually they do it the last week of the regular season. That didn't happen this year. So thank you all for attending and getting your votes in uh, this really means a lot to me personally and to, and to Evan also on your behalf. Mm. I think I've gotten to know you well enough where I can pretty much get things right on your behalf, I think. Close enough. Close so enough. One, one other thing I think we should do, uh, we're going to introduce ourselves as we talk here, uh, but I also think, uh, Nick, Kirk, why don't you tell everyone your bias as to what your favorite team is? New so Orleans Saints. Yeah. I'm a guy from Canada liking the Saints just because you like the Nordiques and the, the lake. That's, so. that's as good a reason as any. When I was growing up, the Bills were crying. Fair enough. Uh, by the way, I'm Evan Nolan. I'm the co-host of the main podcast here on NottonHallOfFame.com. Uh, the buck stops here. Uh, I, and I am living in Chicago, but I have a bias on the shirt. I am a Patriots fan. So. Okay. Oh, so we got some... Uh... I, I got it. Oh, okay. All right. Perfect. All right, so I guess at this point, uh, Evan, do you want to bring up uh, what all the votes are? I'm not quite ready yet. Not quite Give ready? Me one okay. more second. I apologize. I'm, oh, in, right, I'm yeah. in the sixes at the moment. All right, not a problem. All right, so with this being our second stage, we uh, have already done this for the first stage. Uh, we will all be reconvening probably two weeks before the Super Bowl. We'll figure out the exact date. I believe that it's the Thursday before they're, they're announcing the, their, the actual class. They're, doing, they're expediting that this year. Vinny, you always know this stuff. Um, huh? <laughs> yeah, usually what they do is that... Okay, Paul just said yes. Okay. Yeah, usually Sorry. what happens is that they would they would generally show off their list of the, of the finalists back in, like, early January, like, just before the playoffs started. But, like you said, they threw a bit of a, a, a bit of a curveball, and now it's the last few days of December. So I assume that, assuming they don't show... Yeah, Paul just says Thursdays they move the NFL honor show back. Yes, that is also true. Also because of the expansion of the extra uh, regular season game, the Super Bowl being on um, the second week, the second Sunday, I assume, assuming that it's going to be the same way for the NFL honors, that they're going to be showing the actual uh, electees, the whole electees, assuming that there is no, no one that leaves out on the 12th. 
And I think another big thing to mention, uh, for those who might just be watching or listening to this uh, for stage two, uh, we combined our votes for our group that we elected or we advanced to the semifinalists and those at the Pro Football Hall of Fame did. So all of us, we didn't vote from 26 people, we voted from 37. Correct. So, and, and when you see it up on the screen, for those of you who are watching, it's gonna be color coded in three colors. If, it, if they're in red, that means that they were people who were selected by the, uh, the fo pro football voters. Uh, if they're in yellow, they were selected by us. And if they're in orange, they're on both lists to yes. make it easy. So if you're colorblind, I apologize ahead of time. It's just the easiest way for all of us to see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for those wondering, why are they talking about Peanut Tillman? That's why. Yeah. And I'm in the threes. I'm almost ready to go. So if anybody else wants to introduce themselves, I need like a, one more minute here. Yeah, actually. So, well, Paul, since we've got you, uh, Paul had to join us. Uh, he, he can't uh, call in, but he's messaging through. Uh, actually, I don't know this. Uh, Paul, what, what is your uh, fan, fan base? Imagine he's, he'll, he'll type that in. He's a Cowboys fan. He's a Cowboys fan. All right. Yes. He's uh, in the same province as you, Kirk. No, I'm, I'm, I, I, it could have been in Manitoban soon. <laughs> well, he, I think he's from Hamilton, like around the Hamilton area. Nice. Is right, Paul? Yeah, eventually. Yeah, Zach's, Cowboys Zach's thicker than yours, too, by the way. Nice, nice. All right, yeah, maybe we'll just uh, continue with introductions. Uh, Vinny, you're up. Yeah, I'm uh, Vinny Los Menuso. Uh, I, I'm no longer in, in college. I just graduated, uh, so uh, good for me. Um, I've been doing a lot of the podcasts with Kirk uh, since 2019. I've also been doing vlogs for ZenyC2. Mostly been doing a lot of freelance work. Also making sure that, you know, LinkedIn comes my way and I get, a, get another pay raise. I don't know. That's, I've just been mostly doing a lot of Hall of Fame stuff on the side as well. This is what I really want to do in life. Uh, just be a big voice for Halls of Fame in general. And of course, not just for the players, the contributors as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dan, uh, Dan Kelly. Thanks for having me back, guys. I'm Dan Kelly. I am in Boston. I'm a big Patriots fan, freelance sports writer. I've formerly written for a couple of people. Um, and I'm psyched to be here. I had a lot of fun on the first show. I will try to keep my comments a little more limited this time since we have few more, <laughs> fewer Patriots candidates and uh make sure everyone gets to speak uh, we tried uh bill uh yes thank you very much gentlemen uh, bill carroll i like vinny uh i blog for vinny 62 or vlog i guess for zinny 62 media i run the consistent draft services uh scouting team i write for around the block sports particularly their uh black history part of around the block sports or I guess black sports history, or however you want to put it. And I also write for Nuts and Bolts Sports. Uh, probably some other people I'm forgetting as well. Okay. Uh, Ted. Ted Crockett. I am a uh, veteran. I am working on a doctorate degree in sport administration. I uh, help homeless veterans, super fan, Michigan fan, and uh, Unfortunately, a, a starving Lions fan, and uh, 
doesn't look like we'll have too many of those to discuss today, but um, glad to be here and uh, nice meeting everybody. Jeremy. Jeremy McFarland from the Football's Family Podcast. I'm a, I'm a Titans fan, so you'll see where I lean today, and I'm glad to be back. All right. Uh, Chris. Hi, this is Chris Meridian. I'm here in uh, Wisconsin representing Packers, and uh, not really a blogger or vlogger or podcaster or anything like that, just a fan of uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame and just fascinated by the whole process of the selections and who gets in and who doesn't, and here to, you know, lend a voice to, to a couple of uh, deserving candidates, I feel. Sounds good. Dan Newman. Hi, uh, Dan Newman. I uh, host the, or co-host with my brother, the Hello Old Sports podcast on the Sports History Network, which is a network that a few other folks on here are a part of as well, and I am a proud and currently suffering New York Giants fan. <clears throat> Tom. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Thomas Hall. I go by Tom. I'm a Broncos fan. I write for Mile High Huddle, which is uh, on Sports Illustrated, uh, Fan Nation. And uh, I've been, this is my, I think, fourth or fifth time doing this with you guys. So uh, I don't have any any Broncos that are in the running today. So I may play spoiler to some of the candidates I don't like. And Dave. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, Dave Whitlock. I'm down here in Houston, Texas, so representing Texas. I'm a Houston Texans fans of sorts. was more of an Oilers fan uh, back in the day, but they abandoned me to Tennessee. Uh, and uh, just just glad to be here writing my uh, Twitter handles on the wall. And Dave on Sports is my, uh, is my uh, Twitter handle and a, and a blog I write, uh, kind of a weekly column. Mm -hmm. Darren. Hi, uh, Darren Hayes of uh, pigskindispatch.com, the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, uh, Jersey Dispatch, and the all-new Orville Mulligan Sports Writer audio drama that's coming out. I'm uh, from Western Pennsylvania and a Steelers fan. I'm glad to be back. Okay. Oh, and I see Wayne's, Wayne's here. Finally got in. I couldn't get in on my PC. Uh, it's asking me for a passcode, but we'll, we'll go by hook or crook. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, Wayne Mabry, 30-year uh, ambassador for the Raiders as a violator, uh, 2021 Hall of Fame class inductee for Ford, and 52-year uh, Raiders fan. So, everyone, welcome. And and a published and, author now. Condolences, Mike. And a published author. Oh yeah. I and just, Wayne, my condolences. Yeah, yeah we kind of like. We're kind of soaking up that news, man. It's uh, unreal. We just lost Bruce Davis, you know, a few days ago. And so I don't know if Al's calling us all home or what, but uh, <laughs> let's get busy. It was hard for me to even making that vlog as well. Very, very sad. I'm, uh, my heart goes out to everyone that knew him and just knew about him or even just got into it because of him, because he really was, I think legend isn't even the right word to use to describe. No, I, iconic was, would, would, would kind of be uh, a better term for him. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Ball fan has to know John. Madden. So uh, let's uh, dedicate this show to the memory of John Madden. I think every one of us in different capacities grew up with watching him coach, listening to him, playing the video game that bears his name, 
this is about as devastating as it gets. So this one's for you, John. Hey, and just by the way, Tom, uh, you're a little soft when you're talking, so you might want to move the microphone a little closer, just so you know. All right. You just let me know when it's better. That's much better than it better. was a second. All right. So I'm still working out the quirks of this new new thing. So you just, just let me know sure. and you I, can hear I, me now. That's great. I'll, I'll let you know. I just want to okay. make sure. So great. All right, I finally got my act together here. So right. I, uh, I'll put the sheet up for everybody. So share screen. All right. So let me let me split it here. I'll split from there. All right. So we have this cutting edge technology that I said. <laughs> it's Excel. Yes. I know. Well, Evan and I are not sort of the co-host of the the binational uh Hall of Fame related podcast where I think we're number one on that specific demographic on iTunes, I think. We, sure. we definitely have the top U.S. Barbados uh, sports podcast and, and, and on, on our network. So um, anyway, so here's there were 18 votes, uh, 18 people voted on this. Nobody was unanimous, which was interesting, but everybody had at least one vote. Um, so the top we had two with 15. I'll read it out for people who are not able to see this. Uh, two of 15 were Patrick Willis and Tony Baselli. With 14, we had Demarcus Ware. Zach Thomas, Steve Tasker, Reggie Wayne, and Tori Holt. With 13, we had Rondé Barber. 12 for Jared Allen, Richard Seymour, and Willie, Willie Anderson, and Andre Johnson. Nobody with 11. Uh, 10 for Leroy Butler. 9 for Kevin Williams. 8 for Devin Hester. 7 for Ricky Waters, Sean Alexander, and Henry Ellard. 6 for Rodney Harrison. Five for Sam Mills, friend of the show, Richmond Webb, and Anquan Bolden. Four for Darren Woodson, Vince Wilfork, Cornelius Bennett, Pat Swilling, Don of McNabb, Fred Taylor, Steve Smith, uh, and Steve Smith, excuse me. Three for Bryant Young, Robert Mathis, Willie McGinnis, Steve Wisniewski, and Eddie George. Two for Peanut Tillman and Eric Allen, and one for Heinz Ward. So that's where we're starting. I just want to say right up front that I uh, I think the Hall of Fame voters got it way off this year. That's all I want to say right up front. I was very disappointed in their selections. Yeah, I, I think we talked about at the time that yeah. they came up with three running backs, uh, none of whom were people who we had, well, that were people who got close to our right. list. So yeah, it was, it was a sad list, I thought, but we that's why we have ours, right? Right, because so we're right. Done done right. If you want something done right, do it yourself. <laughs> so, so how do you want to start this trick? Do you want to start from the bottom or from the top? Uh, yeah. So, so let's all look at the top for first. Uh, can we agree, pretty much unilaterally, that if fifteen out of eighteen of us are looking at Patrick Willis and Tony Baselli, can we just advance them at this stage? I think well, I'd say so. I mean, Willis, I think everyone here really wants to see and. I'm okay with it. I'm, yeah, I'm okay with Willis. Willis. I'm very excited well. about Baselli. If someone has like a major case that they want to state against them, then yeah, sure. But I mean, both those guys got most of our votes. So mm -hmm. 
I voted for neither of them, but I have no objection. Okay. Yeah, so so that's our first two that we're going to put in. Uh, seeing at the top, we've got five with 14. Same question. Well, we're, we're electing 15, correct? Right. Yes. Unless, unless we have what happened to us last time, where we just... Had a time. We, were, we were kind of deadlocked and the Pro Football Hall of Fame did exactly what we did. So I think we inspired them. Uh, <laughs> I like that. I like to think so. All right. So if we so if we have five with 14, that's already seven out of the 15 spaces taken. Right. So then we can, I think, now look at eliminations, unless there's any objection to those ones. And I'm really happy for Tasker here on this. I hope this bodes well. Well, then I guess I won't ha have any objection. <laughs> uh, I mean, reserve my uh, negative tasker comments for later. Yeah, I guess I guess I'll uh, hold off on that if you're really excited, Kirk. I did not. <laughs> I, I did not vote for Baselli or Tasker. Um, I I don't I, I don't necessarily feel strong enough to campaign to eliminate either one of them. Okay. Um, but I, and I guess, I guess I'm just going to um, avoid giving this speech too frequently. So I'll just say up front, when I was really looking at my final list today, at the end of the day, only five of these guys are getting in, correct? 15. Um, well, yeah, sorry, at, the, at the very end of the day. List, yeah, right. Yeah, five in. for sure. Yeah. Because um, then when I was looking at it, I would say, for me personally, I had four locks already and sort of a wild card between maybe five guys for the last spot. And so I, I don't feel as strongly this time around because I, there are a lot of guys that you could make an argument for that I don't think deserve to be in the top five, but maybe deserve to be in the top 15. Mm. Yeah, and I, I guess my only – I don't have a beef with Steve Tasker himself. I think he was an incredible player. My, I guess my my feeling is more towards special teams, and I know it's a the third, you know, unit, and they're important, but most special teamers don't get on the field that much. I mean, if we're voting for a punter, like they affect a game maybe once every, you know, 10 games realistically when everybody else is on the field for – um, you know, most of the plays like the Hall of Famers that are on defense are there, um, you know, they're playing 90% of the defensive plays. So I, I lean towards not putting special teamers in unless they are a kick returner who are the best of the best. So, I mean, for example, we have someone on the list, Hester, who obviously was the best of the best, made impact plays when he touched the ball. But at the same time, how much impact did he have every single game? And that's why I always kind of lean towards not having special teamers on there. Uh, I would say Steve Tasker is probably one of the best kind of special teamers out there, but I mean, is he making impact plays enough to put me over the top on special teams? That's the only thing that I have against Steve Tasker. Not that he's not a great player and, you know, not deserving of the hall of fame, but. And, and what I'll, what I'll say in Steve, what I'll say in Steve Tasker's defense is he was more than just a special teamer. Unlike Devin Hester, who never really managed to become a true wide receiver, Tasker was a pretty darn good wide receiver. Now, he was on a really stacked offense 
where, you know, he was usually a three or fourth option because, I mean, James Lofton, Hall of Famer, Andre Reid, Hall of Famer. So Steve Tasker is never going to be able to climb above those two, but he made contributions as a wide receiver. A lot of key catches, a lot of, I mean, if you play now where slot receivers are, I mean, is he not better than Cole Beasley? I would say he's a better version of Cole Beasley, but he just played in the era before slot receivers really got featured. Slot yeah. receivers didn't really get big into the 2000s, really. I mean, Wes Walker was one of the more pioneers of it when Belichick used it with, when that uh, on their uh, undefeated season for, you know, the Giants, of course. But still, it didn't really get big until then. So Tasker was often used in the special teams role. But it's not like he wasn't very dominant in those areas, too. I would say when it comes to someone like Tasker, I think the main reason why I'm really big on the idea of special teamers is even though I know their contribution is small compared to that to an offensive member or a defensive member, it's that, you know, when I see the way that coaches talk about special teamers, it's always a lot larger than the way that the media or even fans feel about them. Yes, their contribution is not much as an offensive player or a defensive player, but considering they make so much the the impact on something like a special teams, I mean, Belichick even mentions it, that's a big reason as to why I'm much more of a proponent of a special teams, you know, addition beyond just the offensive players or the defensive players and Tasker is definitely on the top of that list. I, 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 I want to add a little bit about Tasker. First, uh, Tasker did, he, he wasn't much of a receiver, actually. He only had 51 catches for 779 yards. Devin Hester trumped that easily, 255 catches, 3,311 yards. So but that's more due to the difference in the eras than the difference in the player. Absolutely. It may have been, but the stats are the stats. I mean, they're still. No, I mean, I'm not arguing that the stats are the stats. I watched both guys play, and I right. promise you that Tasker was the better receiver. I, I mean, I watched Devin Hester's entire career. I watched Steve Tasker's entire career. Tasker was so much better at every part of being a receiver than Devin Hester that I understand. Trust me, I know the numbers. I also know the players. And, and I get that, but we definitely have to look at Tasker as being not as much of an impact. Again, special teamers, I'm with Tom. Like, they just don't make the impact compared to someone else. Oh, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. He, Hester, didn't, he didn't get my vote. I didn't vote for him, but right. I'm in I'm, defense I'm, of him. Yeah, let me, let me finish. Um, yeah, go ahead. The, the point being, I have an issue with somebody who's a part-time player against somebody else who – should get in maybe, but you're going to take away a spot and give it to a part-time player. Um, I don't see Tasker being one of the top five guys from, from this class or even top 15 or even maybe top 50 um, just because of his contributions. His approximate value is seven. He, he averages one tackle a game is pretty much what he did on special teams. Right. And I can't give, can't give him a spot at, at the expense of anybody else on the list. Yeah, so I, I agree we, with we you. We agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He didn't get my vote. I think Henry Eller's much yeah. more deserved. Well, and I think I think it's because he's going as a special teamer. I just my, – my issue isn't that I don't believe that he should be considered. I just don't think we should put him through it unanimously when we have someone on this list that – I mean, I, I'm looking at Rondé Barber, who we're not putting through as a unanimous decision, but his impact to the – actual game day in and day out with his sacks interceptions were much higher than steve tasker all i'm saying is let's and have sacks. more of a let's have more of a discussion about T, steve tasker 
than just putting through unanimously because we all said, oh yeah, we we think he you know he should get in as a special teamer. Okay, but let, so let's discuss him. Let's, is all I'm saying. So, so let's uh, then hold uh, off Tasker and advance the other four. Uh, that's uh, all yeah. I'm saying is let's let's sure. let's just uh, let's not put him through unanimously. I know people like Steve Tasker, but well, I just that, let's, that, let's, before let's you do that, have an other candidates. Sorry, does anyone have an argument against where Zach Thomas, Reggie Wayne, or Tory Holt? I know that that uh, uh, I can't remember what's his name. The Bears fan is not here at the moment, and he hates Reggie Wayne with yeah. passion. That's uh, Jack. <laughs> Jack just absolutely despises Reggie Wayne. I don't know what Reggie Wayne did to his family at some point, but he feels about Reggie Wayne the way I feel about Heinz Ward. Um, uh, my my uh, personal opinion, uh, it's called Super Bowl Forty One. It could be. But um, so, but does anyone have any arguments against where Thomas Wayne or Holt? No, I don't have any arguments. Although, uh, if you wanted one person that didn't make it, who was a big my big uh, big fan of, is uh, put Reggie Wayne next to Rod Smith's numbers, and then we have a discussion. Yeah, I know, I know. We've we've had we've had that before. It's we need to Rod get Smith. we need to get some wide receivers out of here so we can start getting some uh, deserving candidates in there. I think. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, so maybe we, now we work from the bottom. Uh, so we've got Heinz Ward at one. I don't recall who voted for him. Does anyone want to make a Hail Mary? That was me. I won't uh, prolong it too much because I, I don't think he'll be moving forward. But he had some decent enough numbers, you know, Super Bowl MVP, which you don't have a lot of receivers who want a Super Bowl MVP. I remember watching the um, the the inductions, which I guess last year would have been the combined 20 and 21 inductions and more than one inductee saying that they thought that Heinz Ward should be in the hall of fame one day. So maybe I'd kind of had that fresh in my mind as well. So it was kind of a, kind of a combination of a bunch of different things that he might, he was one of the last ones that I put on there, but I, I like his sort of general resume, you know, between, you know, some, some decent numbers some pro bowls, a couple of championships, super Bowl MVP. I, I don't know. He just, he's shown more than some of the other guys for the top 15 for me. Those were Steelers uh, inductees that were mentioning his name. I remember that. Absolutely. <laughs> there, there was four of them, by the way. They were pushing, so they were pushing for him big time. Five. You bet. <laughs> like, Heinz Ward's name was mentioned more than anyone else. And, like, I was like one mention so. for Harold Jackson. Like, bro, come on. <laughs> I don't, I don't get the fascination with Heinz Ward. I just don't get it. You guys have heard me rant about this here and on Twitter. I just I don't see it. I just don't get it. All right. So I, can I, we I will say, that out of all the wide receivers that are left, um, I posted something on Twitter just asking if anyone had strong opinions. Heinz Ward was the only person that nobody spoke up for. Um, wow. But I will say, all of the remaining wide receivers have unbelievably comparable stats. They're in terms of just lifetime numbers, receptions, yards, touchdowns, all of the guys really have similar stats. So it really comes down to with the wide receivers, is your personal preference championships or is it going to, or is it pro bowls or all pros or highest peak? Um, so I think a lot just comes down to personal preference. I personally didn't vote for Heinz Ward. Um, just because I don't think he's one of the top three wide receivers remaining. Um, and I couldn't really, 
promote more than that. But I do think with a lot of the guys at this point, they're all unbelievable players. A, a lot comes down to personal preference with the bottom half. Okay. Uh, so can we safely eliminate Heinz at this stage? Yeah, yes. I, I think so. I don't think anyone's really going to. Yeah, it's like okay. there, there's so many wide receivers here anyway. Like pushing Heinz towards just gives like shock order. Sorry about that. I got I got him muted ahead of time. So okay. Uh, so same question. We've got two votes for uh, Peanut and Eric Allen, two very very good players. I'm really curious to uh, see if anyone wants to make an impassioned plea for either of them. I know Jack if he was here. So I, I'll make I'll make Jack's argument again since he's not here. Um, that Peanut Tillman is basically the fact that there is a move in the NFL still named after him, the Peanut Punch. He was responsible for a ridiculous number of fumbles uh, caused for his position um, and was one of the stalwarts on a series of, well, not championship. They did go to the Super Bowl once. Very, very good Bears teams uh, is, is basically the argument for Peanut Tillman. Um, that I'm sure he'd make a much more impassioned plea than I am, but essentially that, that's the argument. Mm -hmm. I, well, I think Jack, Jack would definitely be the one that would be pushing pretty hard for him. Um, especially with, you know, the peanut punch itself, though, I'm not really as passionate for peanut Tillman. Like he just feels like a kind of guy to me. That's like, even if I was to list my number of finalists out of the ones that we did, I wouldn't really go for Tillman, especially when you have several other members of the secondary that I would say contributed a bit more to the overall game and their play on the field in comparison, no offense to Tillman, but compared to the ones I kind of gets the short end of the stick there well arguably even in the same situation here without with eric allen who i think oh yeah definitely. no i think in this is this coming from somebody that's been bears fan forever i think the problem with peanut tillman is this there's there's that lack of like truly being at the top of the heap the move being named after him and being mimicked is great but not everybody that has a move or something thought of associated with them makes him a hall of famer that's right. a bears team during his time you know, when you talk about that decade, who do you think about with that Bears defense? You think about Erlacher, Hall of Famer. You think about Briggs, who is a significantly better player at his position by relation, who is borderline at best. Like, is Briggs even on our list here? Like, I mean, that's a that's that's the problem. So as much as I love Peanut as a Bears fan, but like when I look at Eric Allen, he was just a better player at his position for a longer period of time. Like, to me, is a different conversation. Oh, definitely. Peanut, Peanut's the perfect example of the Hall of Very Good, probably a little bit disrespected within his time, but he was also up against guys like the Ty Laws of the world, the Champ Baileys of the world, and so forth. Like, we have to start looking and saying, okay, where does this guy stack up relative to? And if you start putting in a Peanut Tillman, you know, at this time at least, like, you talk about in the same class of an Eric Allen, let alone somebody like a Rondé Barber, no. Like, you watched him during that time. You could clearly see the difference. I love Peanut, but have to be realistic here. Oh, Jeff, uh, I was just going to say, how you doing, man? Like, you just yeah, came finally out. Finally got out of – Yeah, 14 hours after it started, finally out of work for today. So, I'm good, Vincent. <laughs> uh, doing good. It's also finally great to finally uh, speak to you after knowing you since, like, what, 2015, I think? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Hey. Yeah, about time, dude. Watch Hope Orange Coat World. Vinny's Orange. got his college degree now. There ain't no stopping him. <laughs> let's see how that goes with there but uh always great to have you on man uh yeah i gotta sorry. say you definitely got me very motivated and i really appreciate that you jeff don't worry you um 
Yeah, sorry. I'd have been out about 10 or 15 minutes later, but honestly, when I finally got off the work laptop and I saw Madden had passed, I got sucked into the kind of the Twitter poll for a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we you- were talking about him uh, before too. Uh, do, do, do we have, uh, so Tillman and Allen, and from what I'm hearing from everyone, there's not really that huge a push if they were I, left I'll off. I'll say um, I voted for both of them, so I'm okay. happy with four votes. Yeah. And I'll let it go because it's my only thing with with Tillman, even over Eric Allen, I didn't vote for either one. I scratch him. But for next time, just think about when you look at Rod Woodson, the amount of impact plays he had when you look at interceptions and forced fumbles. I mean, those are impact plays. Tillman is right up there with him. He didn't have as many interceptions, but he had twice as many forced fumbles. And you're making an impact in the game. It's not a big interception guy, but you know, can't, you got to count impact plays. So I'm, I'm willing to scratch him, but just remember that we should have a different conversation when it comes to cornerbacks, because I mean, Tillman made so significant impact on that defense just wasn't on interceptions, which when you look at a cornerback, that's what people want to look at. You know, they want to say, Oh, how many interceptions do you have? But he also benefited greatly from a system that allowed him to freelance. I mean, you talk about playing true be cover two system so i i think about that when i say I think it was like 38 career interceptions 44 force fumbles something along that line that's right force fumbles number he still only led the league once but doing that as a corner like that that is a testament to just how great he was in that respect right that is one respect of the overall picture mm-hmm. tell you as a bears fan watching him for a decade i always thought he was better suited to play free safety i always thought lovey smith and the bears did him a bit of a disservice because with his physicality, with his kind of ball hawking nature, they did him somewhat of a disservice because he would get roasted at times on the outside. Yep. There's just no other way to say it. I, I do some of those. Like when I talk about, when you talk about like a Rod Woodson, Rod Woodson was an all generation. You're talking about, you create an all time team. He might be one of the two or three corners wrong, yep. wrong like train lane and Deion Sanders. Like a lot of people would take um, him over Dion because he could actually tackle and be a shutdown corner. Just ask him to tackle uh, Barry Sanders on the turf at Pittsburgh. <laughs> before we before we move on, Wayne, as the relative as the uh, resident uh, Raiders expert, do you have anything on Eric Allen? Uh, yeah, got got the chance to watch him play when he was with us, and also in Philly, hated him. Man, um, he was like uh, that veteran leadership that we needed at that time uh, in the backfield. So uh, he got my vote definitely because of he kept his nose clean. He was a hard-nosed player and uh, took very few games off. So that's that's kind of where I kind of rate players, their durability, their availability. So, yeah, he definitely got my vote. One question about Eric Allen, because I think he was, what, a six-, seven-time Pro Bowler, and I know that's not the ultimate measure. But most of his peak years were in Philly. Right. Mm -hmm. Like when you think about that Philly defense, you know, before he left, obviously you think Reggie White won. Then you probably think about what guys like Jerome Brown before he passed away. Um, You know, when you think about that Buddy Ryan, it was a great defense, but they didn't win anything at the end of the day. Um, Like does Eric Allen belong in the same likes of somebody, let's say like an Aeneas Williams? Hmm. Well, if you're about him as an individual player, yes. I mean, because Tell me about he that, Bill. You mentioned the same breath with 
guys like Ty Law. I mean, he was as good as he just wasn't on as good a team. Aeneas Williams is Aeneas Williams. Yeah, he was on that Rams team that went to the Super Bowl, but you know, he never won anything either as a player. I mean, then again, Eric Allen was he on the was he on the Raiders team that went to the Super Bowl that year in 2002 or like I don't think he was. I think that was like just before he retired in 01. But but he was a top five corner, mm-hmm. top five or six corner for almost a dozen years. And that should mean something. That, so if in you, the interest of time here, it seems like we're everyone's not that excited about moving Tillman forward. Should we at least uh, leave Eric Allen on here until we get through the threes? Yeah, I'd say so. Don't pip as well. I'd sure. say so. I just keep him yeah. on there. Or please. Okay. All right. So, so we'll keep keep Eric Allen at least till we get through the threes, and then we can vote at that point. So right? maybe, maybe uh, Evan, let's do the threes now. Now, yeah. I, I think with this group, we should only advance two, In, include, and include Eric Allen in this group. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So that means we're now discussing. We're going to save two out of uh, Bryant Young, Robert Mathis, William McGinnis, Steve Wisniewski, Eddie George, Eric Allen. Uh, I know that's, that uh, there's a couple of very passionate people about Willie McGinnis. Uh, we've got someone also who saw a lot of Steve Wisniewski. Eddie George is a, a very interesting one, I think, to us. We did not have him on our semifinalists last year, but perhaps we, but we have some new people here who might bring in a different perspective. Uh, also with Robert Mathis, not someone we picked. So is there anyone who would like to sort of really discuss why Mathis or Eddie George belongs or maybe or Bryant Young because that's another general person that we didn't select I'm curious to understand about Eddie George sorry Ted go ahead no I was just gonna say I just think Mathis has a decent shot of being elected one day Mm -hmm. um I was a little surprised that he made the top 25 right off the bat um I think uh obviously he's kind of in Freeney's shadow um he certainly will have my vote here to advance. Um, but uh, in, its, in terms of Eddie George, yeah, he's just, I don't believe how he got this far. So it's, that's all I'll I guess, say. I guess yeah. here would be my question with Eddie George. Like when you look at his career yards per attempt, I think it's 3.5, 3.6. You guys had to fact. Yeah. When you think about a running back, he was a high volume guy. I'm not saying he wasn't important to tennis. He was a big name, Heisman Trophy winner, Ohio State, you know, part of that 99 team that went to the Super Bowl. But when you look at the actual numbers, are they really that impressive? Like there's a bit of accumulation there based off of opportunities and carries where I'm looking at Wisniewski was absolutely one of the best of his generation and criminally underrated. Yep. You know, like even Eric Allen, like if I look by comparison, I know it's easier to quantify what a running back does. I think in this case, that actually hurts Eddie George a little bit. Where where are the numbers that justify it relative to others? Like even mm-hmm. if you're comparing like him and a Ricky Waters, there is no comparison. Yeah, definitely. or even Otis Anderson, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't get. Somebody said I don't get the fascination. Here's the one I don't get the fascination with. And he was a terrific player, but Hall of Fame. I mean, once again, Hall of Very Good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I would say, like, when it comes to Eddie George, like, I mean, when I was looking at the running backs that people were mentioning of, he was, like, the last guy in my mind. Like, I mean, everyone knows this, that the one I was definitely thinking of was Sean Alexander. And he was, like, 
out of all of them, Alexander, despite being the one that all of us were all big on, he was the one that they were not big on. I'm like, bro, like this guy won an MVP on the cover of Madden, hundred touchdowns. And it's like, but Eddie George, I guess is a name that stands on. And uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me, in my opinion. Everything we're saying about Eddie George, we can pretty much say about Fred Taylor. <laughs> Basically at this point. So uh, my two cents on this group is my, my preference were actually the two guys that are not finalists. Um, McGinnis and Wisniewski. I, I was shocked that with Wisniewski, Ruben Brown, Jeff Saturday, Logan Mankins, not one interior offensive lineman made the finals. Mm -hmm. um, it, it was a great group and none of them made it. I don't know if they just canceled each other out. I am a huge Logan Mankins fan. I think Wisniewski is probably the best of the bunch. Um, and he got left out. I also think McGinnis, uh, based on his contributions to a winning team, his versatility and his postseason performances get, gets my vote as well. And, you know, it, it, again, it becomes personal preference. I'm admittedly a huge Patriots fan, but I, a lot of the debate becomes, are we considering these guys only because they're on good teams or were they on good teams because those teams had such good players like him? Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not that high on Bryant Young, Eddie George, or Eric Allen. Nothing personal against any of them. I think Mathis, to me, I, I do think he'll probably get in eventually. He's, I believe, the all-time force fumbles leader. He's the all-time But, leader again, when you think about that defense and you think about trying to stop the Colts, you're trying to stop Dwight Freeney. You put he's facing your left tackle. He's getting the extra tight end or the running back. And you have uh, Mathis, who's a beast of a player, coming in from the other side. So um, I think just because of how dominant Freeney was, it actually takes away from him a little bit there. So my two cents on that group is I'm big on McGinnis, big on Wisniewski, and I like Mathis. The other three, I think we're all great players that don't deserve to advance. Hey, Dan, question for you about McGinnis. Yeah. I trying to understand. Like, to me, I agree with Wisniewski. I think he was, wasn't he second team all decade in the 90s? Yeah, from, from, the, from, the, from the voters, yeah, he was. Like, like if we're talking about, you know, sometimes it could be hard because there's subjective, it's media stuff, especially quantifying yeah. what interior linemen do. Of course, yeah. Uh, he was viewed over the course of a decade as first or second team. Like, yeah. and part of the first team of the 90s was Larry Allen. Like, I mm -hmm. would have a lot of passion about him. I think he's been criminally underrated. I'm not understanding the Willie McGinnis love. Well, one 10 sack season. Agree a, a part of those Patriots teams. But even when you think about those defenses, you think about guys like Seymour and Law first. Yep. And I think more than two guys from that defense that won three Super Bowls. Uh, um deserves to be in the hall of fame. I think Rodney Harrison deserves to be in. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think there's necessarily a limit. I wouldn't put him over Richard Seymour. I'm actually yeah. shocked that anybody didn't vote for Richard Seymour, to be honest. Um, seeing him further down the list than some of these other guys is, is a real head scratcher to me. So I do. And that's why I, I'm not, getting on my soapbox too much about him this year 
I'm, I'm happy that I helped campaign to get him into the semifinals. Um, he's the all-time postseason sack leader, all-time Super Bowl sack leader. He won three Super Bowls. Um, he's not going to land on an all-decade team because he played from the core of his career from about 94 to 2005. So he's one of those tweeners. Um, the Ruben Browns, I call them. Right, right. Yeah. So it's it, you're going to be on a all half decade team, I guess, um, five <laughs> to five. But he also did things like if you look at the Patriots' first Super Bowl win, um, his job was just to hit Marshall Falk every play. So at the end of the day, what are his stats for that game? Not eye popping. But what were Marshall Falk's stats for that game? And Marshall Falk was undoubtedly the, the biggest offensive weapon in football at that point. And Willie McGinnis' lone job was just to hit him. And he wore him down, and the Patriots beat them. The, the Rams were unbeatable uh, in that 2001 Super Bowl. So to, to me, just having watched him, and I obviously haven't watched a ton of football, but watching him throughout his career, he just did all of those little things that when he was gone and now, you know, watch the Patriots. Now it really stands out where just a guy that sets the edge, makes the tackle, forces him back inside for Brewski to make the tackle or, you know, someone else to pick up an easy tackle because he has nowhere else to go. Those are all the things that contribute to winning. And I think, especially in a system defense, winning can't be overlooked and the Patriots well, dynasty ha has been overlooked by the hall of fame with the exception of Ty Law so far. Well, I think here's the thing though. Ty Law was a better player at his position than McGinnis. What is it is? I hope we can. I, I don't disagree. And I, I so, think Law deservedly got in first. I think Seymour will deservedly go in second. And yeah. I think Rodney Harrison and Willie McGinnis are also deserving of consideration. I look at McGinnis, so and what you're describing to me, like different positions to humor me, but I hear a lot of Heinz Ward. Like it's, it's, I'll do a lot of the things that help you win, which is great and makes you like a key cog, you know, like leader, role player. But, you know, there is a piece to the Hall of Fame of like being the absolute very best of what you did. And I don't think you think of Willie McGinnis in that same light of as the very best at what he did for an extended period of time. I would say, though, when it comes totally to someone like Willie McGinnis. I'm sorry, Vinny, what was that? I was going to say, when it comes to someone like Willie McGinnis, like like what Dan was saying, I've noticed with a lot of what, what Patriots fans have noticed and also in general, and I do understand that sentiment of feeling like the idea that, oh, the only reason why the Patriots are good is because of Belichick and Brady and Kraft as the ownership group. But when I look at these Patriots team, I mean, when you're the most dominant team in the past 20 years, there's far more to you than just, you know, an owner, a coach, a quarterback, just a couple pieces. When you look at a team like the Cowboys or the Packers and the Steelers, I mean, those are teams that often, you know, are very um, jacked. They were very, you know, dispersed throughout the entire roster. But the Patriots, the thing with them is that they oftentimes were forced to sacrifice personal success in order to achieve the ultimate team goal. So I don't blame people for really advocating for someone like a McGinnis or, you know, someone like a Mc even other guys like a McCordy or Wilford or hell, even an Edelman. It doesn't shock me because a lot of people deservedly so look at other teams in the past and they kind of simul they 
compare it to a team like the Patriots, who one can argue has been more dominant during that stretch compared to some of these other teams, especially considering the free agency era. So I don't blame people for wanting to see a lot of Patriots. And I mean, hell, frankly, I want to see a good number of Patriots and I'm down for Skarniecki even making it because of how dominant those lines are. But I think when it comes to like the Patriots themselves, it's more difficult because you still have that narrative. And, you know, in order for that narrative to really be squashed, you really got to emphasize the importance of what those players did, especially at the highest level. So I do agree with Dan that it is important to focus on what a lot of these guys did at the highest level because that was their ultimate goal at the end of the day. And considering they were all team first and personal achievement seconds, that's a big reason why. All right. So I think we should move on because we're keeping, let's yeah. keep this under two hours. Yeah. We're, we're almost an hour in and we're debating the th- twos and threes. So um, <laughs> this sounds like work now. Can we get it moving? Yeah. All right. So, so are we all voting for three and taking the top two Kirk or is there voting for two? Uh, we're just going to vote for two. We're just, everyone's will select two, two, two people and the top two will advance to the, okay. to the fours. And I think when we get to the fours and again, just like Evan said, uh, we, We'll try to keep it. Maybe we'll just sort of like time time around, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the getting through these parts are going to be a little more. There, these are the people who need a little more debate, I think, than the people at the top. But we'll see. Right, but we still should. Right, so so I'm just going to go through in order. I have you guys on the screen. Um, so we'll start with, and and I just usually go last, uh, just because I'm doing everything. But Kirk, go ahead. I will. I'm I'm advancing. Uh, Wisniewski and Mathis. Wisniewski and Math. Uh, Ted? Exactly the same. Uh, sorry, I have order to do this after this. Uh, Jeremy? And George and William McGinnis. George and McGinnis. Uh, Chris? I'm voting Eric Allen and Steve Wisniewski. Allen and Wisniewski. Vinny? Eric, uh, Eric Allen and uh, Steve Wisniewski. Uh, Dan? Oh, sorry, Daniel, excuse me, because we've got Dan and a Daniel, so Dan. Yo. <laughs> Damn it. Daniel Glenn Newman. There we go. <laughs> Which one am I? Oh, wow. Full name there. Full name, yeah, well, Wisniewski and McGinnis. Wisniewski and McGinnis. Uh, Dave Whitbach. Uh, I'm, I'm going to vote for Eric Allen and only Eric Allen. The rest are garbage. <laughs> wow. Fair enough. My goodness. He said, David, don't call me Jason Whitlock. Savage. Hot fire. It must just be the last name Whitlock with controversial takes. Uh, Dan Kelly. I go McGinnis and Wisniewski. Uh, Tom Hall. I'm going with Wisniewski and Young. Young. Uh, Bill Carroll. Uh, Eric Allen and Robert Mathis. Allen and Mathis. Uh, Darren Hayes. Uh, I'm going to do the same. Mathis and Allen. Mathis and Allen. Uh, Wayne. Wisniewski and Mathis. Uh, is that Pat Lawrence? Is he just typing? No, it's uh, Paul Lawrence. He said uh, oh, Allen Wisniewski. He said Allen and Wisniewski? Allen and Wisniewski. And, uh, uh, Jeff, uh, you, you said you want the same? Yes, sir. Vinny and I are aligned in thought. You should be terrified, Mr. Hofstra. Right. And I have, I actually, I actually would put uh, McGinnis and Wisniewski on this. So it uh, looks like we're actually Eric Allen and Wisniewski are advancing. Okay. Good. So let me, 
just copy this so I have it down the bottom. And then we will adjust here. All right, do you want to start talking about the fours as I'm updating this? Yeah, so with the, again, for just for those listening, the fours are Darren Woodson, Vince Wilfork, Cornelius Bennett, Pat Swilling, Donovan McNabb, Fred Taylor, and Steve Smith. Uh, a very interesting group. Uh, if I could just sort of like start with that. And we talked about this last time. I'm just going to bring this up again since we've got some newer, newer people here. Why does everyone hate Donovan McNabb so much? <laughs> this this crap goes him. back to draft day. Yeah. You know, when yeah. those the dopes in Philly wanted Ricky and didn't understand yeah. what Donovan was coming out of Syracuse. But same thing as like the Browns. Like this even goes back to the bias of the Browns eliminated him early in the process and were choosing between Tim Couch and Achilles Smith. And that's why they've been the skid marks of the league for most of the past two decades. Um, <laughs> you know, but I, I say that to say. If he won a Super Bowl, the conversation I think with him would be very different. Hundred percent different. I actually, honestly, I actually honestly think if his two-minute drill in the Super Bowl they lost the Patriots were better, and he lost, it just looked like he was throwing up on the field and moving in slow motion. And it's almost the same thing as Cam Newton not jumping on that fumble in the Super Bowl. It became a career-defining view of the player, uh, and yeah. I honestly think that still follows him around. I think part of the problem, though, for McNabb, like there, there is a bit of that that is a bias thing. This even goes back to the Rush Limbaugh days. Right. What oh, that was uh, you know? why, why they didn't have him on. <laughs> they knew what they were getting into, and then they got oh, yeah. the blowback. Um, I think for McNabb, what hurts him is a couple of things. Never led the league in touchdown passes. I think he had one 30 touchdown pass season. Never threw for 4,000 yards. Like when you look at some of those metrics that started to matter more at the quarterback position come to the 2000s, he just really didn't have them. Now, part of that is he's caught in that weird crossover of, you know, the 90s. You started to see some growth and explosion in the passing game, but obviously it's not at 2020s level. McNabb's kind of in that middle bucket too, but he was one of the absolute best at his position for an extended period of time. And for a couple of those seasons, his best wide receiver was James Thrash. Correct. Yeah, like the, the Pinkstons, yeah. the Thrashes, the Freddie Mitchells of the world's my God. Um, I, I also think it's got a lot to do with uh, the coach. He makes the quarterbacks a little bit better. Andy Reid yeah. uh, did a great job with McNabb. But McNabb, is, he, he never won a Super Bowl, which would have put him over the top. And he was never incredible in the statistical area that would put him over the top. So he's one of those kind of guys that you're thinking, what, what is it that would make you want him to be in the hall of fame? It's just not, there's nothing you can point to that says, wow. Yeah. He went to a, you know, NFC championship games, but five of them. Five of them. nothing that you can say that you're like, wow, he did something spectacular. It's just, it's too blah i think the only wow metric blah. he had and since the game has changed that is not as wow as it was was his touchdown interception ratio in his era yeah. a wow touchdown interception ratio but now that it's so much easier to complete passes it's no longer as wow as it once was and i think Tom, well, you've got a good point there too is that like if i look just from eyeball test as a player like as a talent he was better than eli man period <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. At the end of the day, Eli's got the two That's right. you know, clutch playoff runs, which is really all he's got his hat on when he looks statistically. It's not that great. Right. 
got those two, and that carries a lot of weight in this conversation. Whereas McNabb, yeah, he's got a bunch of NFC Championship game appearances, but the one Super Bowl that people think about more Terrell Owens' performance coming off of the broken leg than they do think right. not have with the dry heat. And, and, and let's let's be honest here. I mean, he, he didn't play in the 80s. He played in the 2000s. I mean, it's not like he was playing in a non-passing league. I mean, 84 is when they started to pass more than they, they ran. So it's not like the, this is from the olden days. You know, his stats should be more wow than they are. That's I think that's why everybody's kind of lukewarm on McNabb. I think there's another reason, too, beyond McNabb as well. I think when it comes to a lot of people, and – I'm saying this as someone in this own field. I also don't think many media people just like him in general. Like I even asked some of my friends from the area. Now, granted, you could say this because, oh, like every city thinks that their team is a bias against them. But it feels like with Philly in particular, it does feel like a lot of the people internalize that the media doesn't like their own guys because they're a bit vocal against them. And I think when it comes to McNabb, some people see it the same way. I mean, whether you think he is playing the field matters or not, at the end of the day, I think a lot of people that do view the collective body in a negative way are going to look at it and view as this as a reason. Um, though at the same time, I think putting that aside, when it comes to Philly um, Eagles quarterbacks, I'd rather have someone like a Cunningham as opposed to a McNabb because of what he was able to accomplish on the field in terms of just being very unique at what he did compared to someone like a McNabb. That, that was my thought was I, I couldn't vote for McNabb. I, I pushed Cunningham a year or two ago and, and I said, well, I look at the quarterback position and the pipeline that's coming. Uh, I just couldn't see McNabb as being a, as a front runner. And, and I thought Cunningham should be there. But um, so I, I withheld the vote from McNabb. And McNabb, when he like, opens his mouth, doesn't do himself any favors either. Right. That's he's, the other he, thing. Yeah. He's not yeah. that. I mean, he comes off as not an intelligent person when the quarterback position is supposed to be very cerebral. So, I mean, and not that he isn't. I mean, I, he just, when he opens his mouth, it seems like, whoa, I can't believe you just said that. And he's, a, you know, we've been in the media too, which usually helps, but that hasn't helped him. I think he's very I, similar. To, he's the NFC version of Steve McNair in some ways. Had some good years. Some of the well, I, overall yeah, statistics uh, aren't like the top getting kind of I, at the same time as guys like Peyton and so forth. Um, well, you figure McNair had a league MVP. McNabb had a league MVP. Each took their team to a Super Bowl. I might, I might say like McNabb was better, but I'm thinking just similar ilk like when you look at the quarterback position the competition's pretty good you know and outside of some of the other stuff we've talked about just looking at the position itself like maybe there's a time and a place for McNabb someday um but some of the numbers just aren't there and some of the injuries he had throughout his career took away some of those numbers could have been there I I just want to throw in two cents on McNabb I think I people are focusing a lot on his negatives and I I don't think he necessarily belongs in the hall of fame, but I do think at worst, he is the ceiling for players who don't belong in the hall of fame. He has more wins than any quarterback, not in the hall of fame. And he was probably the best quarterback in the NFC during his entire career. 
over over the course of his career, he would be the top NFC quarterback. That he wasn't Brady, obviously. He wasn't Manning, obviously. Um, wasn't even Roethlisberger. But like Jeff said, he was better than Eli Manning. Yeah. But he didn't win a, a Super Bowl. Never mind two. Um, so I I just want to say I. I'm fine with McNabb not getting in. I graduated from college with Donovan McNabb, so I'm very biased. I saw all of his college games. Um, the only time I ever rooted against him was the Super Bowl. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I will say, I think he's a fantastic player that maybe somebody has to be the best player, the best quarterback, not in the Hall of Fame. And it might be him. And, and maybe that's what he's stuck with, but it's not because he's, it, it's not because he wasn't a great player because he, he was an excellent player. He kind of falls into the Ken Anderson category in some ways. Sure. sure. Yep. You know, like, like, I mean, it's always going to be that borderline. You could go either way on them. Yep. Yeah. If you gave, if you gave him a ring, he's in for either of those guys. Yeah. I, I would agree. Totally. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. so Dan, so I, I, first time I saw Don McNabb, I was a graduate assistant at the University of Illinois, and we were actually were recruiting Simeon Rice. So we got Simeon Rice, uh, who was his teammate, and Don was two years behind him. And yep. uh, they played both basketball and uh, football together at uh, Mount Carmel. Mount Carmel, yes. Yep. 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 The legendary Frank Linton. And uh, it's funny because people talk about like his personality, it, he, which I must assume this all happened later. 15-year-old Don McNabb was a very bright, friendly, engaging young man. Uh, so I must assume that maybe some of his experiences in Philadelphia, uh, they have sharpened his hard edges or something. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I think a combination of things will keep him from ever getting the Hall of Fame, including, once again, the not winning the Super Bowl, uh, being perceived as a guy who didn't come, didn't rise up, didn't, you know, didn't elevate his play in the big moments and all that kind of stuff that, that sort of dogged him. And then the precipitous drop-off, right? He wasn't the guy that had a slight decline. Like, he right. fell a cliff at the end. Uh, so I think that all those things probably keep him out. All right, guys. Uh, in an in effort to keep moving, that's 10 minutes on a guy I don't think any of us are going to advance. Um, so <laughs> does anyone have anything on Woodson, Will Fork, Bennett, Swilling, Fred Taylor, or Steve Smith? Um, I would say that it's, compared to McNabb, I'm pretty sure that a lot of us can go either way with them. I mean, someone like Steve Smith, I mean, he's up against other guys that are also coming first year, like Anquan Bolden and, you know, Andre Johnson. But it's for me personally, even though I'd like to see Steve Smith forward, it's kind of hard for me to really go for him when you also have someone like Reggie Wayne and a Tory Holt and an Andre Johnson as well. So, uh, Right. I'd say no to him, mainly just because of just how stacked the position is right there, how, how even Henry Elward you have to deal with. Agreed. I would think right, Swilling would get the most discussion. If it yeah, I, I was just about ready to mention Swilling. Sorry. I, I, I mean, I don't understand why he doesn't get enough recognition. I mean, really. Because you've already got Ricky Jackson in the Hall of Fame, Sam Mills, more defenses. People look and say, as great as those defenses were, what did they win under Mora? I'm not saying it's fair. it's true. I'm saying that's the reason. It you is true. It is true. Uh, but I mean, you look at his numbers. Uh, he was one of the, and in fact, one year he was the best sack artist yeah. in the league. Yep. And other years he was at the top. I just, 
I mean, I'm not a passionate Pat Swilling guy, but I just, I don't understand why he gets zero recognition at all. And I t- totally understand there's the linebackers, you know, the dome patrol and you got the other two in, but you know, there's also many linebackers on the same team from the Steelers that are in the hall of fame. So as, I, the, I Saints, as just, the Saints guy, I didn't vote for him and, or Sam Mills for that matter. And I love both of those guys, but realistically I can't put them in a top 15 over a top 25. Definitely in the top 25. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I honestly don't know how Mills somehow over- surpassed Swilling in terms of momentum. Story. Story, USFL, and dying young. Well, yep, I, th- I, I think, yeah, I think that's exactly that last part, Vinny. Yep. Completely. And right. he's a beloved figure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I, I'm actually bigger on Cornelius Bennett than I am on Pat Swilling. Yeah. Like, if we talk about the two, because they played in similar eras. Yeah. So, you're like, Pair Bennett and Swilling, because that might help you a little bit in terms of differentiating the two if there is differentiation to make. I mean, mm-hmm. as as the AFC East guy whose team uh, used to and now apparently a gun gets their ass kicked by the Bills, um, the the team that only two players on that defense who you really cared about, I mean, Daryl Talley probably a little bit as well, but it was Bruce Smith and Cornelius. Cornelius those, Bennett. Yep. those two were the guys. I, like, I can't even name the cornerbacks on those Bills teams, but Cornelius Bennett and, and, uh, and Bruce Smith were just responsible for so much of my childhood heartache. It's ridiculous. I, I just think that he's, he is criminally underrated. The fact that he hasn't even, I mean, he's still not, he's in yellow. That means that we voted him there and he wasn't one of the 26 people they picked for, from the NFL. It's, he's, he's the Bill Berge of this era. Ooh. I was going to say the Clay Matthews Sr., but good analogy with Berge, too. Well, Clay Matthews Sr. at least made the finalists list once. Uh, well, Bennett also was the semifinalist last year, though. No, true. But, I mean, we're, we're, how many years left do we have for Bennett at this point? Uh, people, people... He, uh, he retired in, like, 2001, I think, 2000? 2000. 2000. 2000. Yeah. So we're, we're coming up at the he end. Got a couple here. more years, but he'll be a senior pretty soon. Yeah. yeah, I think Pat Swilling gets helped a lot because he had the bigger sack numbers. Absolutely, and the defensive player of the year. The... Yeah, also I mean his, his 1991 was an incredible season. I mean he was yeah, one I'm of the not, best, not if not the best. Not. I mean they voted him as the best defensive player, but I mean obviously he he his 91 was right. Awesome. But you can have a great year, but also have like a clearly defined role. Like if I think of. Sure. Spenner, I think Bennett, I think of a better all around football player where Pat Swilling was able to have a narrower scope go after the quarterback. And he was great at that. I'm not saying he wasn't great at that. He's a little underrated with that respect. But Bennett was maybe perhaps a better player against the run, better in coverage. Um, I'll say that too. But I also say that when the NFL started to pass more, sacks became a more important impact to the game. Now, now they never won anything, granted. I mean, the Bills made it Super Bowl. They never really won anything either. But when you look at the impact uh, tackle makes versus a sack, you're stopping the you are stopping the offense. So I, I I put more credence on the ability to sack the quarterback now more than someone who's good at tackling better. You know, uh, that's that's my my personal opinion. I mean, I did an analysis on it where I saw that if a sack occurred on a drive, uh, only four percent ended in points. 
of I remember when it came to Bennett, like when he retired, not he had the most amount of. He, I remember when uh, Bennett actually had uh, the most amount of fumble recoveries in history, and even though he never did have any league defensive player of the year awards, he did have twice where he was the AFC's defensive player of the year award twice. So, and I'm not really saying this means anything, but he was basically the reverse Charles Haley in this case because you know he lost the four with the Bills and then he lost the one with the Falcons. Not saying that really means anything, but it's something. Yeah, I, I'm I think, okay. I think it's okay important both of them, both of them. Thomas. What's that? But not we, we have to look at it from the context of the time. Yeah. If we start talking about sacks, then you start talking about Gastineau. Like, I mean, at some point in time, I, and I'm not saying Pat Willing is a much better player than Mark Gastineau. Yeah. Saying though, yeah. when you're looking at it yeah. from today's lens, that's yeah. tricky. You have to look at it from the lens of the late 80s, early 90s. Sure. Sure. I'm I'm fine with either going or none, n- neither yeah. of the two going, um, yeah. for sure. I will say that I uh, the one person on this list that I think is an injustice being on here. And I'm sorry for any um, fans here, of the Jags. Oh, Fred wow, Taylor should not be on this <laughs> list whatsoever. I'm going to say uh, if anyone sh- other than Heinz Ward should not be on this list, Fred Taylor is the one. He had. A longer career, he stayed durable enough to make it, but almost half of his career, half of his seasons in his career, he didn't even have a thousand yards. He had, I mean, yeah, he was a good runner and he made some, you know, he was there long enough, but not one time would you ever consider Fred Taylor being the best running back in the NFL? Not even one year, probably not even his own conference, maybe not even his own division. I just, not even his first or second best player. Eggs offensive. He, he I, I, I don't understand the love for Fred Taylor. I, f- I feel like the voters looked at the uh, the career rushing leader list, and that's how they narrowed this list of running backs down. That is exactly I, how they did it, Tom. That's yep. all it is. Yeah, yep. it's it's that, and there are some running back, you know, people, including Jim Brown, who were big fans of his, and I think that helps him as well. Okay, so yeah, nice. I mean. Let, I don't know. Let, I just want us to vote on. Yes, this. I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on. Yeah, I was just going to say, before we get there, anything on Wilfork or Woodson? Just because we haven't discussed them at all. Uh, personally, I, I think Wilfork, he, he's the only player of his position in this group. And when you, when you guys, to, to me, obviously a little biased, when you guys are talking about Bennett and Swilling, you're talking about Willie McGinnis without championship rings. It, it's it, Cornelius Bennett's basically identical, but lost in championships. Um, and Willie McGinnis, which I, I have no problem with, was already eliminated fairly easily. So to me, Will Fork is a unique player in this group. He's the only one other than Tom Brady that bridged the Patriots championship dynasties. He won one of the first three and one of the second three. Um, And he basically uh, eliminated a portion of the field for the other team and took on multi-blockers, which is the key to the Patriots. You eliminate two or three guys on your own, and now your other 10 is playing against their eight. So to me, Will Fork is the only guy from this group, despite my love for Donovan McNabb, that uh, I think, easily deserves to go through um and i don't feel strongly about anyone else 
I think also too, just to add, if, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, those who were there in the first one, wasn't Vince our last one eliminated? Um, I mean last year I, I, or I, that's, this? No, well, that's actually on the spreadsheet. spreadsheet. Hold on. Yeah. Um, Cause I remember him doing like super well. Like, and uh, I'll give you this, like when I look at criminally underrated players, I look at Ted Washington and I look yeah. at Vince Wilfork and I say they're very similar in terms of even like pro bowls and all pros. Like the problem sometimes for them is just like interior offensive linemen. Stats don't always do them the most justice. It doesn't always capture the impact. Um, and when you talk about like key cogs in the Patriots machine, like he absolutely was one of them, you know, going back to the days he was drafted 21st overall, I think in that 2004 draft. And thank, he was, thank goodness for that at the, the Ravens training us for, so they could va- draft Chris Redman. <laughs> yes. yeah. um, ben Watson was the other pick that draft and, you know, he wasn't too shabby either. Right. But if I look at, I think the one thing that actually hurts Will Fork a little bit was that he was at the tail end of that first three and at the very beginning of the second three, so he doesn't have the three, four Super Bowl rings that would put him in, no doubt about it. Like if the timing of his career was 2003 to 2016, instead of 2004 to 2016, and he spent his entire career in New England, he's got four rings. Right. At that point in time, he's probably an unstoppable force meeting the immovable object, and he's in. Could, um, it, could, it could be worse. It could be Logan Mankins, who's drafted after the third Super Bowl and traded the preseason before the fourth one. So <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is very true. That's um, bad timing. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not going to hold that against Will Fork. I mean, at the, at the same time, when you think about uh, news tackles during that time, is there anyone else other than Vince Wilfork of the 2000s and other than like 10 Washington maybe that you could really say is really deserving of the Hall of Fame? The answer is no, not really. And Kevin Williams. Yeah. Um, well, nose well, tackles, not pure like defensive tackles. Oh, sorry. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you yeah. pure nose tackles, usually Vince Wilfork's the first one that comes to your mind. And Casey Hampton's the second in that. Casey Hampton is another choice. one. But the yeah. reason as to why I say Wilfork above is because going with a, you know, Dan said about, you know, the legendary Patriots of that era, when I think of the Patriots, you know, dynasty comparing to both of them, and you are correct that he was at the tail end of the, the first uh, three out of four, and then was in 2014. Then afterwards, the he signed a two-year deal with the, with the Texans. But uh, I would still say that, well, just alone being, you know, the main run stuffer in the NFL during that time, I'd give him a, I'd give him the nod. I mean, yeah. when I think of those Patriots defensive lines, you know, besides Richard, Richard Seymour, I usually think of uh, Vince Wilfork. And yeah. like I said, he was the best run stuffer in the league during his time with the Patriots. So, yeah. So I guess I would just ask why Casey Hampton's not on the list. There's a very similar, very similar career accomplishments. He has a couple of Super Bowls. He was a key cog in those Steelers defenses of – I agree with you. He should be on this list too, but okay. I, think the, I think the reason why, why Will Fork is here and he's not is, if I'm being honest, like, I think it's also the name. <laughs> I think yes, I mean, yeah, sure. Will Fork, he's basically like, he's basically like the football, if what would happen if Fat Albert was a football player, essentially. <laughs> he like, he has that, you know, chunky build, loves to smoke them meats. And he also really <laughs> loves like, you know, to smoke the meats. He's a big, he's a big, he's a big, he's a big barbecue guy. He's a big barbecue guy. Yeah. So, all right, guys. So, uh, Kirk, should we vote for three? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I say we just vote for two. Two again? Yeah. 
ask because okay. it's, it's going to get tough. So we might as well just yeah. sort of do that at this point. Uh, am I first? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Cornelius and Vince. Uh, Ted. Uh, I've got Wisniewski and Steve Smith. Uh, sorry, uh, Chris. I got Wisniewski and I got Darren Woodson. Uh, Vinny. I'd go with uh, Wisniewski and probably go probably go Woodson. Uh, Dan Newman. Wisniewski and Bennett. Figured I won't call you by your full name now, so you didn't think I was going to or something. Uh, David. Yeah, I, I... First of all, so I believe I'm the only one that actually tried to push Casey Hampton through two years ago. So come up as for me. But uh, <laughs> I, will come. Is, for, is for Longhorn Dave, and he's a Longhorn. Um, but I will still carry the Eric Allen flag. And I was going to go swilling, but you guys convinced me on Cornelius Bennett, who is an Aggie, and I'll still vote for him anyway. Dan Kelly. I'm speechless over. Uh, Cornelius Bennett getting this much love over Willie McGinnis, but uh, I would say Vince Wilfork and Steve Wisniewski. Uh, Bill Carroll. Uh, I will go with Pat Swilling and Eric Al. Uh, Darren. I'm going to go with uh, Cornelius Bennett and Eric Allen. Wayne. I'm going to go Wisniewski and Wilford. Tom. Wilford, Wisniewski. Paul, do you have his information, Vinny? Uh, Woods, uh, Darren Woodson and uh, Steve Wisniewski. Woodson, Wisniewski. Uh, Jeff. Uh, two things. One, Dan Kelly, I wish you were wearing a beret because the Bruce Arians cracks would never end. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, y'all, y'all can see it. Now you cannot unsee it. No, I can. Uh, I, I can. And you know, I got to say, Jeff, you kind of remind me of a, you kind of look a bit like Ted. Yeah, so, says the guy who won't go on screen, who put his face on screen, but okay. Yeah, I, I, I know what Zoom Jeff, I know what all day. looks like. Yeah. Um, right. So I will go Steve Wisniewski. And Eric Allen. Okay. Uh, I am going to go Will Fork and Bennett. So we have a three-way tie. Uh, three, we'll just put the three. Let's put the three through. Yeah. yeah, I think so. All right, should we talk about the fives and sixes together? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so again, how much time do we spend debating McNabb for zero votes? my fault i opened up with that question because i'm legitimately curious why he's it's a great discussion but yeah because i said this before in our last round um because on the site you can you can vote for the McNabb gets like the word like the most hate in terms of voting it's it's i just i've never seen anything so disproportionate to his accomplishments than to his votes can i ask a question here about the fives yeah. Like, put Steve Smith out. I'm trying, I would have a hard time understanding why Anquan Bolden would move on. Like, because I, you could make the argument that 
Steve Smith was better and was the unquestioned number one for his team where Anquan Bolden for a long period of time was the number two, a hell of a number two, but still a number two behind Fitz. And well, and they're in the same team in Baltimore. Yeah. That's yeah. I feel that Smith was uh, the more dominant player. I mean, Anquan Bolden's great possession, take the big hit over the middle of the receiver, but yeah. I granted, mean, it was at the end of their career too. So Granted, you're right. Well, no, 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 no. Bolden wasn't there because Bolden by that time would have been in San Francisco, right? Yeah, he would have been with the. Uh, with I'm the sorry, Niners. you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. We're we're getting old, Evan. <laughs> yeah, my my birthday my birthday is a week from tomorrow, and it's uh yeah it's 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 getting old. It's getting bad. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> wondering. Yeah, really, just... my my my, my <laughs> the age difference really comes out here, doesn't it? <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. yeah, I'm just trying to think here, like. If, if Steve Smith Sr. doesn't advance when we can make the argument he was the better player, I would just have a hard time seeing how Anquan Bolden would. I'm not saying yeah. Bolden wasn't really good. I'm trying to think of differentiation. Like, where's the differentiation that even says he's better, let alone I mean, the, Steve? The difference might be a Super Bowl. Bowl. What's that? Uh, the difference might be a Super Bowl ring. Uh, everything else is very comparable status-wise. Yeah. Uh, Bolden won a championship. Um, that that might be the difference. I I would have Bolden slightly above, but I wouldn't vote for either one of them uh, just based on the competition. Like especially compared to like Holt and Reggie Wayne and so forth. Is that what exactly? You're yeah. I think we should just scratch him right now. I think you made a good case. Just get him off the list right now. Yeah, I'm not really. <laughs> I, I like Bolden, but you know, compared to all the receivers on this list, you know, maybe Sands, Hines, Ward. I'm not as big on him personally. And, you know, uh, hell, I, I, yeah. I, honestly, I wouldn't mind if you had Rod Smith here instead, if I'm being honest. I, I'm just, I just want to get, make sure Vinny, because I know he's going to, somebody's going to have to love to talk about Richmond Webb. We want to give Richmond Webb his proper airtime. <laughs> I, oh. I don't think we should. I don't think <laughs> don't we worry, should. Don't knock him worry. Off, we, we, we're going to give him, we're going to give him his love. Don't, don't worry, Jeff. We will. Yeah, we, we, we don't have to knock him off. We can, we're going to be voting hopefully yeah, we'll shortly. We'll just vote. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. uh, with, okay. with Webb, I just want to say, uh, obviously, I think I'm trying to keep a little bit of personal bias because we uh, <laughs> have gotten to know him uh, yeah. through the site. Mm -hmm. uh, only only player in that legendary team of the Dolphins to be a pro bowler seven times in a row. No other, yep. no other Dolphins has ever done that. Yeah, he just gets the unfortunate thing of timing. And sometimes we talk about timing. Right. He, the second half of the Marino run, which wasn't nearly prominent as the 80s run. You know, but if you look at him, like, what's the difference between him and, let's say, a Dwight Stevenson? Timing? Mm. You know, maybe. Well, I don't know about that. Stevenson was one of the, the best uh, all time at his position. I don't right. know. Right. That would be the other. That. I mean, he had a short career, but uh, Stevenson. Right. Yeah, he was he was more far and away a better at his position than Webb. Yeah. But Stevenson also benefited from playing in the peak years of Marino. In the early it's end. true, which is what Jeff Saturday's I think receiving. But yeah, when you look at Saturday and Stevenson; their careers couldn't be. I mean, Stevenson is far and away a better player. So that I wouldn't want to put. I mean, I like Webb. Don't get me wrong, but I don't. I don't want to compare him to Dwight Stevenson on in this. That that's fair enough. I, yeah, I one's a tackle, one's like a center. A so like, all right, so then because, let's look at uh, Rodney Harrison then, if anyone wants to jump in on that. And I'm sure there's oh, a couple. Only only two members of the 30-sack, 30-interception 30 club in NFL history. Not that it necessarily – I mean, you can make up any group for anything, but it's him and Ray Lewis. And he yep. played 
He played three fewer seasons, full seasons of Ray Lewis. I um, love Rodney Harrison. I, 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 when I saw that guy mentioning how he was feeling left out genuinely because of the narrative that, again, like I told uh, you guys before about, you know, McGinnis, like the, the idea that those Patriots teams were only because of Belichick. I, I see that look of sadness in his eyes. Yes, I understand he's he's made a lot of money throughout his life, but you can kind of just feel like he knows he's one of the best. I mean, but it's kind of funny how the same people that always complain and complain and complain whenever someone's, you know, oh, it's too soft, it's too all this, yet at the same time, these are the people that are very easily able to just say when something's dirty, even though these are the same people that want those days currently. So, you know, I'd say with Harrison for being able to, able to being able to be on that same level as someone like Ray Lewis, I, he he needs way more love. I mean, he was a semifinalist well, last year. He better be one this. He should have been. Well, one I guess I look at Rodney Harrison though, and I ask, you know, maybe in some ways he's a victim of he played what the first half of his career or so with the Chargers and Junior Seau are there. Yeah. Um, and then the second half of the, his career, the last few years of his career, he was with the Patriots. But I'm also thinking, like, you got to think about the peers and the competition that he had. Like, he's not in the same class as a Brian Dawkins or an Ed Reed or no. a I, I hope no. he just wasn't. And then no, when I look Paul at Malu or but yeah, those, those guys are already in the Hall of Fame. That's what, that's what I'm saying. I'm using that as Dan is kind of like the threshold of like conversation. Whereas I look at Leroy Butler and I think. You know, this is a first-team all-decade player of the 90s, sometimes maybe a little underrated. I don't see the same thing with Rodney Harrison. There are some good right. – I guess, personally, I think Rodney Harrison is better than Butler or Woodson. Um, so I'm just surprised by him being omitted. He, he was never popular. There was uh, one year where he made first-team all-pro and didn't get voted to the Pro Bowl. So de facto that, Pro Bowls. That's part of the that's part of my frustration with all this Pro Bowl stuff um, and all of these accolades because it, it does get difficult to judge these guys twenty years after the fact of you know who who was better or who meant more to their team and I I agree Rodney Harrison was not the player that Ed Reed was um, maybe not Brian Dawkins um, and. But I, I do think he was better than Butler or Woodson, uh, which is why I was surprised they both advanced here. The problem, though, is the, pe the people of the time, when you think about the 90s all-decade team, the 2000 all-decade team, Rodney Harrison's nowhere to be found. Leroy Butler is. Let's just – uh, I, yeah, I think ahead. we were putting way too much emphasis on I, I, you probably I don't think you were here for my uh, my long spiel about the voting awards and how I feel about the voting awards uh, when it comes to all he loves them. <laughs> I, I think it's, a, it's, it's you know they, they they like to pat themselves on the back by making sure they you know the voters continually talk about how they got it right earlier but I'm just gonna say I, I am not a fan of Rodney Harrison I'm not a fan of the Chargers nor am I a fan of the Patriots in fact, I do not like Rodney Harrison. I wish he wasn't on this list. But if I'm being honest, first and foremost, the Patriots had winning teams, and he was a part of that. He was a great player as a part of that. He had got Super Bowls. We, I mean, I, I can't – it's a team sport. I mean, the reason why they were great was because they had a great team and they had great players on the team. They may not be – 
you know, like statistically great because they did, like you said earlier, they sacrificed for the team. But I also point out that when Harrison was on the Chargers, I remember him being an impact player playing against the Broncos all the time. And his stats kind of show it. I mean, he had some pretty good seasons making an impact as a safety. Now, as a teammate, uh, uh, a player on the Patriots team, he wasn't that impact player. And I don't know if that has to do with how they used him or what, but he did get the championship. So, and when we're talking about all the things that make somebody great, it's championships, it's making, making plays, being an impact player, uh, having the statistics. I mean, he's got most of those things. So I don't see why we can't advance him because we're comparing him to first ballot, no brainer hall of famers like Ed right. Reed and Brian Dawkins. I mean, those are the people that you don't even think about. You get in the, the why we're debating Harrison is because he, he's not one of those, but doesn't mean why isn't lawyer Malloy on the list. He's got uh, uh, with the Patriots. Just, just, uh, he's got some of the individual. But, he's, yeah, yeah, but Laurie Malloy is you look at him. He's not the player Rodney Harrison was. Just, just wasn't to, just to back up what Tom was saying also. And I think that maybe I didn't articulate as well, but that's what I was saying about Ed Reed and Brian Dawkins and those guys. Like when we're talking about Donovan McNabb, we're not comparing them to Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Those guys are in. We're comparing them to Eli Manning Eli. And, and, and other borderline players because those are the borderline guys. So to me, like, yeah, Rodney Harrison didn't make an all-decade team because Rodney Harrison played from 94 to 2008. So he's not going to make an all-decade team. Yep. Leroy Butler played from 1990 to 2001. So his whole career was the 90s. So the, the all-decade teams, to me, it, they carry weight when you're comparing – apples and apples we both played 10 years and i made the all decade team but when i played seven of the years and you played it your entire career um you know it, it's a different story so if we're talking about the 1994 or 1995 to 2004 all decade team rodney harrison's first team safety with ed reed probably um or behind dawkins but, oh, but anyway here, My point being, out of the three safeties remaining, to me, Rodney Harrison's the best. Can we talk about Sam Mills? Yeah, let, let me just say one last thing on Rodney Harrison. If yeah. Rodney Harrison knocks the football off of the stick on David Tyree's helmet and then retires after that game, there's a whole different – There's a whole different. He says the stick him off of David Tyree's helmet. <laughs> you, you, understand, you understand what I'm saying. I don't actually think there's a stick him on Got a few championship hats right here from the area, guys. Don't forget, I – <laughs> oh, that's hilarious <laughs> so uh all right so we got uh we got sam mills anybody in for sam mills i uh, just said he wants to talk about sam mills didn't he well i think he was the only one we hadn't talked about that's i was just making sure we didn't spend too much time just on one or two players i presented oh. him last year so i dug yeah. into him quite Please a bit tell. um i'm a little biased probably because i presented him i i feel he's stuck right there with the Bennett's and the Swillings. He's in that same grouping. Um, I His story's good. I wouldn't be upset if he ever got in. I just don't know if he's one of the top five or anything for this year. But um, if anybody wants stats on him, I got him pulled up. I'll just leave it at that. By, by the way, Jack, welcome. Hi, everybody. Hey. <laughs> good to see hey, you. Hey, Jack, how you doing? I'm well. How's everyone here? You're going to be disappointed when you Sorry, see that. I, I tried on Tillman, man, but I, I just don't have your passion for it. Jack, so, Jack had the soothing 
has the soothing podcast voice. Hello, Jack. Hi, hi, hi. All right. Um, so with that in mind, are we ready to vote on these yeah, guys? I have, I have a question. Yes. I have Please, a question. Go ahead. Yeah. When people make the case for Sam Mills, how much do they include his non-NFL career? A lot. It should be, it should be included. It should be included. Yeah, I included it quite a bit last year because when you dig into the all the stuff, obviously just looking straight at stats, he might fall short. But when you factor in all those other things, it starts telling a little different story. He was a three-time league all-star in the AF in the uh, USFL, wasn't yep. he? Yeah, well, it wasn't a. I think the Stars won like two championships, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, and I think like it's important context to say for those couple reasons that the USFL existed. You know, sometimes there's that NFL bias, similar with the AFL in the 60s, is yep. always assuming the NFL is a superior brand. Think of like WWE versus WCW is because WWE is the one that survived. Same thing here with the NFL. But there is a piece of the NFL wasn't at 100% full strength because you had a number of stars like the Reggie Whites of the world, the Sam Mills of the world played in the USFL at that time. Yep. So that should matter. It should consider well, how much. To be fair, didn't Sam Mills go undrafted? Yes. Um, he yes, he did. But there's yeah. also guys that have gone undrafted that ended up being outstanding. I mean, don't forget, Tom Brady was, you know, pick 199 round, in the draft. It, it shouldn't really mean much. I mean, regardless of when you're drafted, That's rare, how though. you play on the field, when you get to that level, is a whole different story. Yeah. No, no, I understand. Five nine linebackers usually go undrafted. Yeah. I'm saying it was more yeah. of a, necessary, a necessity for him to choose USFL at that time. Here's one of the tidbits I had found last year when researching it. One of the historians said uh, for the USFL, they said that he was one of the top three players in the USFL, which also included Jim Kelly, Herschel Walker, and Reggie White. So this guy's saying he was better than one of the three in the USFL. So He was also the first face of the franchise of the Carolina Panthers on that 96 team that went to the NFC Championship. I know that was towards right. the end of his career, but he, you know, I know we talked a little bit about the young death helps him a little bit in some ways. It can be the perception. I'm not sure if that's fair or not, but it's not unfair to say that because sometimes that can happen. Um, yeah. Think of Roy Halladay. Like sometimes the early death can help you. Um, okay. well, yeah, the, the, the whole story with Halladay was like not really going on baseball tangent, but you know, a big reason as to why he kind of kept it to himself was because he personally believed that people in the media would absolutely destroy him. And it eventually led to, you know, yeah, um, loved watching Halliday play. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, but let's let's stay out of baseball. We're going my, far enough. My, so my, my the point of the point of, the point of my question is that we all know obviously that it's the Pro Football Hall mm -hmm. of Fame, but that in reality it is the oh, NFL okay. plus leagues that eventually folded into the NFL Hall of Fame. Yep. And I'm noting that if we laid on with Sam Mills and say, oh, well, he was this and that in the USFL, I think that does open the door to some other cases. And I'm just curious to hear how he plays as an NFL candidate versus how he plays as a pro football candidate. He's pretty low down here, and I feel much more strongly about, say, Richmond Webb, who I can't believe is this low. Um, than Sam Mills, but I was curious to ask the question to see how it would. All right, uh, Jack. I think we're getting a lot of feedback on your uh, on your mic. Just you know, or it's like you're touching oh. the mic or something. Just oh. you know. So, 
All right. I should we vote? Yes. Yeah. So what were we, what were we saying? Uh, two or three? Uh, I'd say at this point three. Okay. Because we went to the top. All right. So everyone's voting for three people to advance. Yep. All right. Go ahead. Uh, so Kirk, who are you going for? Uh, Bennett, Vince, and um, I'm flipping between. Actually, Wisniewski. Wisniewski. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Ted. Got uh, Mills, Webb, and Wisniewski. Uh, Chris. I got Wisniewski, Webb, and Harrison. Vinny. Uh, I'd go uh, Wisniewski, Webb, and uh, Harrison. Uh, Dan Newman. You're muted. Sorry about that. Wisniewski, Bennett, and Harrison. Oh, how did Wisniewski only get three votes? Bennett and Harrison. Okay. Really uh, this process. Uh, Dan Kelly. Harrison, Webb, Wilford. Uh, Bill Carroll. Uh, Wisniewski, Bennett, and uh, Wisniewski, Bennett, and Webb. Uh, Wayne. Wisniewski, Wilford, and Harrison. Tom. Harrison, Webb, Wisniewski. Dave Whitlock. I'll go um, Harrison, Bolden, and Wilford. Uh, Jack. The two offensive linemen. Uh, and Wisniewski. And Webb and who? And Wilford. And Wilford. Uh, Paul, do we have his stuff, Vinny? Uh, Steve Wisniewski, Richmond Webb, and Sam Mills. And how the uh, hell does Jeff? Steve Wisniewski only have three votes? Oh, oh Wisniewski has 20 oh, sorry, votes. Sorry, 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 sorry. It's 10 20. <laughs> sorry about that, guys. <laughs> it just feels like 20 with all the people voting for him. <laughs> Good, Jeff. Uh, yeah, it's it's a condemnation of the actual pro of uh, the Hall of Fame voters. Uh, Wisniewski, <laughs> Webb, and anything to block Rodney Harrison. I'm kidding. Not really. Uh, Vince Wilford. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Sorry, if we're going to go with the Patriot, let's go with the better one. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I would go uh, Harrison, uh, Wisniewski, and Wilford. So we have Wisniewski and Webb with 12 and nine, Harrison with eight. Is that going to be the cutoff? Yep. Yeah. There's always one who just climbs out of nowhere. Yeah. Is it, it Harrison was, uh, the Harrison one this year? Again, it's last year. Oh, Wisniewski. It was Wisniewski. No, I remember, uh, Jeff, in case you don't know, last year, uh, Tom was telling us how Tom Nalen's the greatest uh, center of all time. But a lot of us, we, we, and we, a lot of us believe him. Yeah. <laughs> I was convincing, uh, not convincing enough. He didn't make the final cut, but it, for that one year, though, you had your, your you had that one shining moment as the whole, the final four song says. Uh, you know, I hear that uh, this didn't really talk about, but apparently, you can like put in for literally anyone you want if you email to them. So, Tom, if you if, if you really want to, I guess you can just right away and say, "I want Tom Nailing on the list next year," and which, maybe which is absolutely. Know, which yep. is how Jake Delhomme gets nominated. It's not. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a. It's, it's not a big family. It's not a maybe. 
It's an app. I, I nominate people every year. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. All right. So we are, we are to the, should Let's we take to, nine, nine, eight, seven or do we want to go from the top and then just put three, three in right now? That's fine. Let's do that. All right. So what we do for the 12 to 14. Yep. So uh, Jack, you missed before uh, Steve Tasker was one of the 14s, but we, there was a little bit of hesitation from the group. So sorry we about that. Back on uh, Tasker. No, sorry. needed. That's what this is all about. Yeah, and, and and Reggie Wayne did get in despite because you weren't here again. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> I said that at the time. So the guys um, on the far left are the ones that everybody's agreed goes to the final fifteen. Is that correct? correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, Actually, and again, Jack, you weren't even here, and you got more uh, more play than some of these some of these people. <laughs> yeah, and and again, just Jack, since you're coming in, if it's yellow, they're from our list. If it's red, it's from the NFL's list. If it's orange, it's both. And again, sorry. Uh, How the hell did Kevin Williams not even be a semifinalist? I just, oh, you, you I'm, are I'm with you. you I'm with you. you I can't. Jeff, you're talking to the man who's become yeah. the biggest Kevin Williams stan <laughs> out there. It's ridiculous. I'm a Patriots guy, and Kevin Williams is my number one. I, I still I shake my head every time. Like they just don't understand sometimes. It's like they, they keep always talking about how much their AP all pros matter so much. Oh, I love my first team all pros. And what then when it actually comes push comes to shove. That was Ron Gorgeous. That was Ron. Sounded like Tommy Boy that, that, when he that gets is all Ron crazy. Gorgeous. Yes, how'd you know? Um is it, yeah. is that a plagiarism that? impression? Uh you, you, oh yes, actually it is. How'd you know? <laughs> um <laughs> it's like always talk, it's always talking about how once the AP all pros matter, but yet when it actually push comes to shove, it's like ignored. So yeah, yeah. practice what you preach, or else you're gonna be crucified. <laughs> yeah. Um right. go ahead. I was gonna say, so we have our 14, 13s, 12s. Oh, Leroy Butler got in here, sorry. Uh, so 14s, 13s, and 12. So we have Tasker, Rondé Barber, Jared Allen, Richard Seymour, Willie Anderson, and Andre Johnson. Uh, should we put, what, three in? Back yeah, to three in. And I think right now, if anyone wants to make a case other than Tasker, because we've heard, heard some negatives on that, against any of these people. If Jared they, Allen got yes. there, he wouldn't be on this list. I would say no to Willie Anderson, and here's why. I think Richmond Webb and Wisniewski as offensive linemen. Granted, you're comparing tackle to interior linemen with Wisniewski. But if I look at that list and you ask me who's the best offensive lineman, not in on this list at least, but Selly obviously is already accounted for. But I would look at Willie Anderson and say, good player, yes. Also played right tackle, which at that time was viewed as less premium. Although I think that's more of the NFL, like overrating left tackle versus right tackle. Um but Richmond Webb was a better player. Steve Wisniewski was a better player. When you look at the accolades, what they were part of, I would look at those two and say that they belong more than a Willie Anderson would. Sorry for any Willie Anderson stands here, but I just, I would have trouble saying like, how does Richmond Webb and Wisniewski not make it, but Willie Anderson does. Like, I'd have a hard time. They're all still candidates. They're all still I, I would just add, um, Last year, when we got down to the finalist, I, I was the one who presented Anderson as well as Mills, the two people nobody else wanted to present. So that's who I took. <laughs> and, uh, again, when, you, when you start digging into it and researching it, I learned a lot. I spent hours and hours on this. I think some people have seen the documents. Um, mm -hmm. the, the case for Anderson's 
Yeah, he doesn't have the accolades, but when you start looking at those advanced metrics, things like pro football focus type things, and they, they're just now getting that data, you know, not allowing sacks to hardly at all. Like his numbers probably do put him ahead of those other guys. Only when you dig into that advanced information. Win rate. Yeah. May I ask a question? Sure. Yeah. And it's irrelevant because he's up there at 15. I'm just curious to know if it's been brought up. I'm curious to know if it's something that other people have parsed through. Tony Baselli, we all watched him. We know what he was, but he was a left tackle, correct? Yes. yes. For a left-handed quarterback. Yes. Right. Does that get does that get discussed at all? We barely yeah, but the, the difference was that, that even though he's a left-handed quarterback, a lot of times back then the best pass rushers still rushed from the same side. Whereas now yeah, there's sure. a ton of ton of premium pass rushers that are rushing over the right offensive tackle, but I think back then it still was predominantly rushing from the left tackle side. Even even against Brunel and Steve Young. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. I may I mean I could be wrong, but I can't That's remember right. premium yeah. pass rushers running rushing from the over the right tackle back especially from an alignment standpoint from a defensive end standpoint there was not a lot of rotation a lot not a lot of like we're going to line him up over the right tackle which is where i was talking about in today's game the left tackle versus right tackle debate to me is kind of moved because people move the premier edge rushers around so much back in all these time in the 90s early 2000s no it was primarily you played the position that you played for the most part it's a valid point like he wasn't protecting Brunel's blind side. He was protecting Brunel, and I didn't mean that as a, yeah, as yeah. a knock on Baselli. I was more curious about it when we talk about, oh, yeah. it was only a right tackle. Mm-hmm. Are we going to chip away at, at a left tackle on a lefty QB? And that was what I was at. Yeah, I, and I think that one might be saved for, for the next round. because like with I'm a big with, Richmond. I'm a big Richmond web. As, as are a lot of us, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I think what we did just because before you got here, so like when we had 15 out of 18, we just sort of like put those ones through because yep. they were the highest Absolutely. getters. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm just curious if that's something that people it hasn't yet. Yeah, talked about. Yeah. All right. Does anyone have anything, uh, I guess, on the downside for Barber, Allen, Seymour, Andre Johnson? I do not. No, I'm I like – I'm a huge, huge Andre Johnson uh, stan. Uh, personally, I know that. I know that when I look at someone like Andre Johnson, I don't just look at him as a player. I also look at everything he was brought into. You see, when it came to those Texans teams, they were bad. I mean, D- David Carr was, you know, he was set up for failure for the most part, but the. Um, the failure of Matt Millen to foolishly take um, Mr. Vicodin himself in Charles Rogers and instead allow the, allow Andre Johnson to come in their lap and help. Even when they had Ryan Mallett as their quarterback, he was still the same player as he was with Matt Schaub. Not saying Matt Schaub was any Hall of Famer or anything. He was, whether he still is their best quarterback, unless he maybe say to Sean Watson, but Outside of like, you know, him, he didn't really have much to go off of in terms of a very high quality, um, high quality quarterback. But yet every single time he was always brought up in the condition as in the conversation as one of the league's very premier 
receivers. And it's a shame that he wasted the team wasted his career for the most part. And at the very end, he had a bit of a tour of the AFC South with the Colts and the Titans. And, you know, when I see um, someone like an Andre Johnson to still be up high in like the NFL leaderboards of yards per reception, as well as yards to me, considering what he was with, I'd put him ahead of any of the other first-year uh, wide receivers, in my opinion. I think I agree, Vinny, because if you took Reggie Wayne, got a good number of years as a second option behind Marvin Harrison, like that's got to count at some point. And he also yeah, played. definitely. What would Andre Johnson do in that yeah. with that quarter? <sighs> you look at his numbers alone; they hold up. I think here is where you could make the argument: the circumstance of Houston both helps him and hurts him. But he was absolutely the face of that franchise for a decade. And I'd still argue he's a better player all time in that franchise's history compared to J.J. Watt, just from the length of time and peak performance at the top of his position. I would have more passion for Andre than I would, let's say, a Reggie Wayne or maybe. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I would just say I find it hard to believe, though, that we eliminated Smith way long ago. And to me, their, their stats, almost everything about them is almost exactly the same when you dig into it. I don't disagree and, with you, Ted. I think there's certainly a and similarity I'm a there. person who has four of the wide receivers in my top 15. So I'm a huge wide receiver guy. I just don't understand the love for Johnson and not the love for Smith. And Smith had a higher uh, yards per catch than, than Johnson. I yeah, think I, I, the reason why the, the idea for Johnson is a bit above Smith is more so because, you know, yes, Smith also was fantastic in terms of the return game and, you know, especially in his, you know, rookie season. But I think what a lot of people think of when it comes to Smith is that, you know, not saying the Panthers were like elite level teams, but you, know, you, you had a John Fox level head coach. I mean, he used, you still had a team like the Panthers that would, be at worst a middling team that would try to make the playoffs and of course they made a Super Bowl in you know 2003 but when it came to the Texans I mean they didn't have their first playoff appearance until 2011 when they won the division and ended up being you know the Bengals of course I I, I think it's more so when I look at some like Andre Johnson's that he was able to accomplish so much and be on a level similar to that of Steve Smith with far less help in the process I, 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 that's the main reason why I personally, you know, see him in a bit of a slightly higher guard, not only against Steve Smith, it's more so just because like, you know, Johnson was able to do much more, just as much with less. That's really the main idea I come from. Yeah. I, I would just, what, I, what uh, Paul's saying over here in the chat about the log jam wide receiver, it's, we're all going to be all over the map on it. And it, it's just uh curious on how we are so kind of all over on it it's going to be hard for the voters yeah no matter what happens the internet's still going to be upset yeah. <laughs> i got that right uh so let's uh go oh, let's go advance again in the interest of time i would, so I would say i would say only i would say only one thing i feel strongly about sure. and i know it's a difference of one vote but to me in an era where safeties were killing it leroy butler to me was the best of the best in his time. I'm a huge Carnell. I'm a huge Carnell Lake guy. I love Darren Woodson. Man, I thought Leroy Butler having to watch him two times a year. Yep. Denver had to game plan him for the Super Bowl, which I've never 
I don't. I never even remember hearing anybody game planning for Troy Polamalu in the Super Bowl. I could have missed that story, but I don't remember hearing about it. I heard about Ed Reed and and Leroy Butler. So I would say, in terms of who do I feel strongly about, I would love to be able to put up a vote for Leroy Butler right now. I would love to see him in that group with the 14 through the 12 because I think he is tippy tippy top. He was first team all decade, and he created the Lambo lead. That has to matter. I mean, we we should be for something. He's in my. Uh, here's another thing I just realized too. Like, um, even though I'm not the huge, the biggest John Turney fan, at the same time he actually was able to pile together all the All Decade teams. And even though I'm not a huge fan of the All Decade teams, listening on all of them, Leroy Butler actually is on the most first team All Decade teams than anyone else, and that's including people like Steve Steve Atwater and Carnell Lake, and even you know Ronnie Lott who you know, wasn't on there. He was only on the Hall of Fame's second team, but Leroy Butler is on all of them. He's on the Hall of Fame's list, uh, Sports uh, Sports Illustrated, PFR, and Sporting News as well. So, yeah. For I think over if we three, talk about team biases, Jack and I being Bears guys, for us to be yeah. so, like, unfortunately, Sterling Sharp's not on this list. But, right. you know, I understand that. But if we're pounding the table so hard for Leroy Butler, there, there's a reason for that. We know that Reggie White, okay. he was the best player on that Packers defense. Those were Packers defenses that were top notch in the mid nineties, and he was one of the preeminent safeties of his entire decade. All right, All right. so I, I like what you did there, Evan, just putting Butler there. So why don't we just say we're not going to? I mean, it, three three out of six versus three out of seven makes no difference. It's still three. So, well, why don't we just go four out of seven unless there's any objections? And then we've got ten in. That's that's fine. That's fine. That gives us ten and five spots left. All right, so yep. Kirk, Kirk, you start. Tasker, Barber, Butler, Seymour. Uh, Ted. We've got Butler, Seymour, Barber. No, I don't think it's going to really matter. Let's go with uh, Willie Anderson. Uh, Chris. Butler, Seymour, Barber. And Willie Anderson as well. Vinny. Uh, Butler, Seymour, um, Barber, and uh, Tasker. Uh, Dan Newman. Tasker, Barber, Jared Allen, and Butler. Uh, Bill Carroll. Uh, let's see. Jared Allen, Rondé Barber, uh, Andre Johnson. Richard Seymour. Uh, Wayne. Butler, Seymour, Barber, Anderson. Uh, sorry, it was Rondé, Seymour, Anderson, and who? Barber, Seymour, yeah. Willie yeah. Anderson, yeah. Leroy Butler. Okay, yeah, there was a break on the line when you said that one. Okay, uh, Tom Hall. Barber, Allen, Seymour, Butler. Robert Allen, Seymour, Butler, uh, Dave Whitlock. Angry at the lack of Andre Johnson, so he's the first. Uh, Willie Anderson, Jared Allen, and Steve Tasker. Okay. Contrarian view. Uh, Jack. Roy Butler. You guys hear me all right? Yep, you're good. Yeah, I can hear you fine. Leroy Butler, Steve Tasker. Richard Seymour, Willie Anderson. 
Uh, Dan Kelly. Rondé Barber, Richard Seymour, Andre Johnson, and Jared Allen. Uh, Paul, if you can give me his, it'd be great. Uh, okay. Uh, Paul, what, what would you say? Uh, Richard Seymour, uh, Leroy Butler, Andre Johnson, and Steve Tasker. All right. Richard Seymour, Leroy Butler, Andre Johnson, and Steve Tasker. Mm-hmm. That's what he says. All right. Jeff. I, I, I agree with the contrarian just to be different. I'll say Andre Johnson. <laughs> just to go with him first. first. Uh, Rondé Barber. Richard Seymour. Leroy Butler. Okay. All right. So for me, it's Tasker, Seymour, uh, Willie Anderson, uh, and probably Andre Johnson. So, all right. So that means out of that group, we have two tens and a 12, and then a seven, two sixes, and a five. So are we putting all, we're putting the four? Yeah, we're putting the four. Okay. So that means Steve Tasker and Rondé Barber. So Tasker had seven, Barber had 10. Oh, sorry, I forgot to, uh, I have to copy this so I have it at the bottom so I know what we've done. All right, sorry. All right, so uh, Tasker had seven, Barber had 10, uh, Jared Allen, five, Richard Seymour, 12, Willie Anderson, six, Andre Johnson, six, Leroy Butler, 10. So he Lambo leaps into the final 10. Literally. In this well case. played, sir. Well played. Thank you. I uh, have kids. I have to have all my jokes in a dad, a base. Is there any other joke format? Uh, yeah. Well, you can know a, a joke becomes a dad joke when it becomes a parent. Um, oh, <laughs> what is it when it's yes. not a, a bad joke? Oh. Somebody <laughs> mute, nice. him. mute him now. I got a lot of them, unfortunately, and it's 10 o'clock at night my time, so that's all I got left. Okay. All right, so we have so we have those three guys left at 12, Jared Allen, Willie Anderson, and Andre Johnson. At this think, point, should, or yeah. should we just go through the nines, eight, sevens, and the remaining people and move? I, I think with, with, with what we have, we've got five spots left, and we've got how many people uh, remaining? 11. Six. Okay. I think we're, we're good to go with the whole, whole sandwich at this point. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so should we talk about the five guys you yeah. haven't talked about yet? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah definitely. All right. So that's kept for those scoring at home. That's Kevin Williams with, who had nine votes coming in. Devin Hester with eight, Ricky Waters, Sean Alexander, and Henry Ellard all with seven. Uh, I, can I, do you mind if I start with just with Henry Ellard? Please. Uh, Henry right, Ellard, man. when he retired was second all time in receptions and the entire world changed after he retired. Yep. Uh, it's if we're judging people by their era, Henry Ellard is the second best receiver of his era. I mean, just statistically, it, there's there's Jerry Rice who's on this different planet. And then Henry Ellard is the next guy. I don't understand why he's not a semifinalist from the NFL. Uh, I know we have a logjam of people. Um, again, and not to rip on the Steelers fans, but there's no comparison between Henry Ellard and Heinz Ward. I am a Steelers fan and I could not agree more. Yeah, there's just no comparison. Totally echo so, that. So how he's not at least a semifinalist, I don't get. In a world where we have way too many wide receivers, uh, I just don't want Henry Eller to get forgotten. So, hey, Henry Eller, his first four years with the Rams, those were Eric Dickerson's first four years in the league as well. So 
that offense was very run heavy in those uh, first four seasons. So he still led the team every year in receptions, but I mean, it's like you were 30, 40, 50 receptions because Eric Dickerson was, well, Eric Dickerson. So that's a great point for how Ellard is that once Dickerson was traded. Oh, Jeff, we lost you halfway through that sentence. <clears throat> Sorry. I was saying I, it's a great point about Ellard is that once Dickerson was traded in, I think it was Halloween of 88, like that whole offense changed, went more Jim effort based and Henry Ellard, like that's when he started to become what he was. Um, so I feel like someday he'll end up having to be a committee inductee because he's just caught in between and that's unfortunate. Yes, he's become the more modern version of Billy Houghton. Yeah. Yeah. And Houghton, I'd love to see him make it too. I, I wanted him to make it in while he was still, you know, like, no, he's still still alive. Yeah, hold on, Billy, a little, uh, little longer. B Bill's trying to kill him before he's dead. <laughs> Sorry, he is alive, but, you know, he's in his upper 80s. No, 90, 91 years old, not 91 and still kicking it to this day. But just Hold on. It, Bill. Hold, hold on, Billy. Hold it on there. You're still right. here. <laughs> Does anyone have anything for the other four? I will go off on Kevin Williams. We've all heard my stuff before. So if anyone has anyone else uh, they want to talk about, please do. Yeah, I guess I have one thing here for Devin Hester. All right, now I'll, I'll hang back. I guess here would, here would be my thing for Devin Hester. If Steve Tasker is on the list, like Steve Tasker is one of the best special of all time in terms of the role that he had as a gunner and so forth. Devin Hester scored touchdowns. It was a crock that he wasn't voted the 2006 most valuable player in the league. Look at the Super Bowl. The Colts knew that Rex Grossman was bad. They were willing to concede the 40-yard line in field position because they knew the one guy on the Bears' offense that could beat them was on the special teams, and that was Devin Hester. That, that's just period. He house-called that opening kickoff in the Super Bowl, and here I was thinking, even Rex Grossman can't screw that up. <laughs> but <laughs> when you look at, you're talking about first-team all-decade stuff. You're talking about all-time leader in... Um, return touchdowns you're talking about the absolute best when you think of special teams play in national football league history i'm sorry you don't think about steve tasker first maybe the more serious like hardcore fans say i love steve tasker and i do too but not more than devin hester devin hester had a greater impact on his team the bears had two championship game appearances one super bowl appearance when he was in the peak of his career and again, he didn't get the benefit of getting to ride along with Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas, Andre Reed, Bruce Smith. You know, he was the difference that allowed the Bears to be in that position with guys like uh, Sexy Rexy Grossman and Jay Smokem while you got him Cutler. Like he had crap at quarterback crap on offense. And these teams were still contenders, elite teams, not just because of the defense alone. It was because of Devin Hester. Oh, you got to put the best player at his position of all time in the Hall of Fame. That's right. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. the best. I mean, Rick, Rich, Rick Upchurch should be in because he was the best for a long time, but Hester's better. I mean, he's the best of all time. He's got to be in. I don't understand why there's really much of a debate other than. I mean, Hester is literally on the NFL's 100th anniversary team. What more do I have to say? <laughs> he's literally, he's literally listed as the greatest, along with Billy White, who's Johnson the two of the greatest return specialists to ever play the game. And he's on that list. It would feel foolish not to have him. I mean, I love Tasker a lot. 
but I do agree with him. As much as I adore Steve Tasker, Devin Hester, everyone knows throughout as the guy on the Bears offense, or the maybe like Matt Forte, that they would look at and see, oh, they're going to score a touch on us. And yeah, it wasn't enough when it came against the Colts in the Super Bowl, but you know, whenever anyone talks about Devin Hester, they literally say the goat when it comes to return specialists. There's no way I would say no to him. And his return touchdowns would be so out of touch that nobody could ever touch him if teams actually kicked to him more and had the courage to kick to him more. You had a stretch a couple of years after the Bears Super Bowl season that teams just refused to kick to him. Uh, If there are any Broncos fans on there, I think it was maybe the 2007 season where Sour Run kicked to him twice right down the middle of the field and house called both of those. I remember. (laughs) He said, thanks for the trauma. So I'm just saying like, there's a piece there that that has to account for his greatness too. Way more than Tasker. If Tasker's on there, Hester has to be on there. Jack, you're going to say something? I've got some things to say about Devin. It feels like the job has been done for me, so I won't bore you completely. I'll say say a few things. The first is that if what Devin did, he did at quarterback or defensive end or linebacker or wide receiver, this wouldn't be a conversation he'd be first ballot. The only reason he's not first ballot is because we've never seen a pure returner go in at all. But if he were at any other position with the impact that he had combined with the numbers that he had, it wouldn't be a discussion. Well, also, he played some time at wide receiver, too. If you remember, at one point in time, they were trying to make him their number one wide receiver. So there are contributions there as a wide receiver, or not their tasker. And they also took him some out of the return game because of trying to make him the number one wide receiver. Right. And I'll say say to that, first of all, I always thought he was a better receiver than he was given credit. But I'll say to that, that when Devin was not really returning kicks in 2008 we were still fourth in the league at one point in the season in average starting field position on kickoffs in 2012 when he had not yet scored a touchdown he didn't score a touchdown in the return game in 2012 there was a point in the season let's see it here where heading into december of 2012 we were number one in the league at starting field position heading into December of 2012, despite Devin having not had a kick return touchdown or a punt return touchdown that year. He was changing games without even being on the field at that point. If you, if you make your mark correctly, you can do that even when you're not around. So I don't see any conversation where Devin isn't in the, in the 15. If he was any other position, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Well, if he was any other position, he would be on the field a lot more, though. Uh, and but my general feel is if you guys voted Steve Tasker through, you absolutely have to vote Devin Hester through. Yes. Personally, I, I wouldn't have voted either of them through. Um, but once Tasker gets through, I don't see how you can leave Hester off. Um, I think he was more impactful. And they were both arguably the best at what they did. Tasker, I think, maybe has been surpassed by Matthew Slater, but Hester is still undoubtedly the best return man in history. And uh, so with Tasker being in, it, it wouldn't make sense to leave Hester.
Stroud, even though personally, like I said, I, I wouldn't have voted either through. I'm, I'm with you, Dan. Dan. I think, Dan, what you said is interesting, and it ties back to something that Vinny said about mentioning that when Devin was on the Bears, maybe the only person other than Devin who we would think about was Matt Forte. When Forte and Hester were teammates, Forte accounted for 22% of our combined offensive and special teams yardage, and Hester accounted for 20%. Yeah, uh, we're, talking about, we're talking about offense, uh, Jeff. We're, we're talking about how they are in offense. No, I'm saying combine offense and special teams. Those are the yard. Those those are the tools you have to move the ball forward. Okay. Short of the, yeah. Short of the so you're thinking about those Bears teams. You're thinking of Erlacher first. Oh yeah. Well, Obviously, when it comes to like, those teams, Erlacher is the uh, kind of guy that you go for. But when it comes to their offense, like it's usually Forte and of course Devin Hester. Well, if we're being brutally honest, nobody's thinking about those Bears teams, period. They, they weren't good, te- good teams. They, they made a Super Bowl with a, a good run of defense and special teams. But, I, I mean, if you want to talk comparable, um, you know, it, where we could talk about Brian Mitchell and what he accounted for out of the Redskins' total yardage. And I'm a huge Brian Mitchell guy. I'm sure you are. You were, you're a huge Sean Landetta guy. I, I, appreciate <laughs> your I sincerely do. Yeah, you're not wrong there, Ian. Because I'm going to uh, leave you on my side when we get around to Matthew Slater. In a few oh, minutes. don't worry. Don't worry. We'll get there when we get there, Dan. Like I said, I'm, I'm, not, I, I'm not looking to talk trash about Devin Hester. I just – to, to me, if Tasker's in, he's obviously in as right. well. I All just right. – we've really plugged Hester quite a bit. And yeah. I think one person on here that hasn't been mentioned that needs to be is Sean Alexander. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think the Hall of Fame community gives him any love. I don't know why. I mean, he was obviously the best at his position, not only the best at his position, but the best player in the NFL for a season and obviously was very good for the rest of the season. But he played. I don't. I, I. don't understand. I mean, if someone is voted league MVP and and it was on, on not a fluke, he. You know, he obviously had other career statistics to go along with it. Why he's not um, being talked about more as a Hall of Famer is beyond me. I mean, Tom, Tomlinson, I Priest, Holmes, some of the guys at that time. I'm not saying you're wrong, Thomas. I'm just if you're asking the question why he's not talked about more because he was, you know a key cog of that 2005 Super Bowl Seahawks team. I think he just kind of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit because he did yeah. 10,000 rushing yards. His career I, was a little I, bit shorter. I get that, but we, we all, I mean, what I'm talking about, we've got Ricky Waters and we've got uh, Eddie George, Taylor, and we've got Fred Taylor yeah. uh, from the Hall of Fame uh, list on here and Sean Alexander or not. And when I think about it, greatness was he was this player ever the best at their position is kind of what i think about or the best in the league overall you know being the mvp he he fits that bill way better than those other three running backs just because they played a little longer and were able to turn out some more yardage it's i don't think they should have any weight in this discussion over sean alexander there was even a time where he actually didn't even make the semi there was actually a time when he didn't even make the preliminary list with him. Like, are you kidding me? He's one of like, I mean, like eight guys in history to have a hundred touchdowns. And the fact that he was able to do that 
within a very, very short span is literally, there's not much you can say. He is literally the guy that I think of in terms of 2000s running backs, not Fred Taylor, not Corey Dillon, not even the my childhood hero growing up, Tiki Barber, the one I always think of when it comes to running backs of the 2000s, other than the Danian Thomason and Adrian James, it has to be without a question of the doubt, Sean Alexander. This guy was a bruiser and he played every single game, but because he also played every single game, his body wore down after his MVP run. So it really shouldn't be much of a surprise that, you know, after that big six year utter just giga Chad dominance, he would turn just fizzle out and be done when he was spending a single year with the Redskins. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. I I was just going to say, and I think this goes back to just different people have different criteria. For me, Sean Alexander had a five-year career. And if you're only going to have a five-year career, you, you can't have one MVP season. You need to have, three or four MVP caliber seasons. I totally disagree with that. I mean, uh, you've got several several players with short curves that are in the Hall of Fame that didn't have uh, multiple MVP years. So voted award, it it, it goes to quarterbacks. Who would you say, so Tom, who, who would you say is a comparable Hall of Famer that had a five, five year NFL career? Because that's, that's really all he had. Well, I mean, the, I, I would I would point to I would point to Terrell Davis, but his his accolades came from he got in because of his playoff and Super Bowl run. He won Super Bowls. I mean, right. he but his short he had a short career, one MVP season. I, I mean, I I'll give you that the playoff his playoff give you one right one now. was above and beyond, oh. and that put him over. But uh, I'm not saying that Sean Alexander should be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but he shouldn't be behind He's three in the other Mall Lewis category right now. Well, I think we would agree, but Sully's going to get in. He pretty much had a six-year career. Yeah, but he also was probably the best at his position for three years of those. I would say Alexander was probably at the best for three years. I'm I'm just saying, I Mm -hmm. think that's at least a reasonable comp. Well, Um, Ricky Waters, if we're going to talk about Ricky Waters. I like like Waters better than Alexander. I'll just put that out there. Um, But Alexander is my my number two out of the running backs. So, Well, I guess here would be my thing with Ricky Waters. Like, Ricky Waters is one of those ones, he gets that selfish label and deservedly so. When asked why why he's going to play hard, why would I? But when you look at the Uh numbers, his career is better. I believe he has more 1,000-yard seasons. He was also a better pass catcher. Like, he was one of those key calls when you think about um, West Coast running backs. He was yeah, a bit yeah, similar yeah. to Roger Craig, but if Roger Craig's not in, would Ricky Waters be in? Um, Roger Craig should be in. Yeah, well, and I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that, but I also look and say Roger Craig also didn't make this list. Well, well Roger Craig is also in the sem- is in the senior pool right now. That's the reason. Oh, why. that's right. That's right. I'm sorry. That's right. He was that. I'm that old. Okay. No, don't worry. <laughs> I am just eight years old when Vinny reminded me that I'm old enough to be his dad. Thanks a lot, Vinny. I appreciate that. Uh, um, but all right, so I'm going to say, if with Sean Alexander, there's not much difference to me with him and Priest Holmes. Priest Holmes had maybe Ooh. three seasons versus Sean Alexander's five. But if you're comparing like their absolute peak seasons, there's not much of a difference playing in an era with the LTs and the Curtis Martins of the world, so on and so forth. 
like Alexander was really good. But I kind of agree with Dan. Like there's just not enough meat on the bone there, especially if we're talking about top 15 in this go round when I look relative competition. And I will say this, so like devil's advocate, as much as I do talk about his 100, you know, touchdowns, you know, a big reason why he also has that is because his MVP season did have a quarter of them were from his MVP season. Um, and, you know, afterwards, you know, he had you know, the injury problems in the following year and eventually, you know, so I, even though I would be very big on Alexander at the same time, at the same time, I am someone that, you know, I'm, I'm down with Ricky Waters itself, but like it, I could either be fine with if I cancel them out. That's kind of how I see it. Okay. Uh, do we want to do uh, one little conversation on Kevin Williams? Yeah, let, let, me, let me just get my one thing out of the way. I'll say it again. Yep. I know that Pro Football Reference came up with their top, their Hall of Fame monitor thing. He's the six-time first-team All-Pro in 12 seasons. But here's the list of people who have at least 100 scores, which is the average score for a Hall of Famer on their system at defensive tackle. Alan Page, Bob Lilly, Randy White, Joe Green, John Randall, Warren Sapp, Aaron Donald, Merlin Olson, Kevin Williams, Cortez Kennedy, and Henry Jordan. What do those players all have in common? They've never been well, in your kitchen. That's actually <laughs> true. Um, I, for that was a joke because I was on Jeopardy for you guys who don't know. So it's a Cliff Clavin cheers joke. Um, but the, uh, the thing, other than Aaron Donald, all those guys are in the Hall of Fame. Every single one of them. And the only reason Aaron Donald's not in the Hall of Fame is he's still playing, Right. Like he's going to be a first yeah. ball Hall of Famer. The idea yeah. that he is not even a semifinalist is bizarre. He is by far the best player in the NFL who did not make the semifinalist list, who's eligible for this season. Um, I, again, I am a Patriots guy. I will go on record as saying that the stupidest, the stupidest uh, controversy in the history of the NFL is the star caps one that he got, the Williams brothers got busted on. They asked the NFL what, supplements they should use the nfl told them what supplements to use they used the supplements and the supplements had banned banned uh steroids in them and they got busted for it it was like the dumb like they're like which one should we use to get in trouble use these we use them they get busted for it because there's something not in the label i have no idea if that counts against them i have no idea if it's in fact he played for vikings teams that didn't particularly go anywhere necessarily i think that hurts them more uh, the, yeah. the, I, that hurts him more the fact that he played on Vikings teams that didn't go anywhere like being somebody that watched all of John Randall's career and then all of Kevin Williams career like while John Randall was the bigger media star John John Randall was not the overall football player that Kevin Williams was like Kevin Williams could get to the quarterback although that was tended to be more earlier on in his career right. but he was a predominant run stuffer he was a guy that would collapse the pocket. So he might not have the big sack numbers, but I can promise you, especially having to see him twice a year and more, you know, living in the Midwest at the time and watching other Vikings games like Kevin Williams, I think about before I think about John Randall, even though John Randall had all the media and John Randall in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, may, uh, does anyone think that potentially the Love Boat scandal like has anything to do with it? Like, I mean, I mean, the Love Boat scandal didn't stop, you know, Nate Burleson from having a very successful media career. So I don't really know if it affects Kevin Williams's potential to make the Hall of Fame. No, if Kevin Williams had, if, if it was Kevin Williams with the Wizenator, I would be beating the table all day that he should have been first ballot. <laughs> <laughs> Terrio Smith. You know, I probably Williams would too. I probably would too. <laughs> well, here, here's the other thing. Kevin Williams doesn't even have a Twitter handle. 
Like he's not on social media at all. Yeah. There's so no push I, for him. That may that may also have a problem because I always want to be like, hey, someone vote for you know at Kevin Williams. He just doesn't. He's not anywhere. Guys, so it kind of fits guys, who he is, just under the radar. Guys, like yeah, go ahead, Jack. Can I make Jack? a pr- procedural point here? Uh, first of all, I want to note that I didn't want to I didn't want to cut in, so I dropped my running back comments in the chat because um, I, I didn't want to I didn't want to talk. It, it, it sounds like we aren't we don't necessarily think there's a running back in this group that we feel really strongly about. So we've got five slots left. We've got 11 players remaining. What if we make this easy on ourselves and remove Alexander and Waters and that can be a conversation for another year? I don't I don't think we feel I, I think, think we, we should vote feel strongly. Yeah, can we just vote? Them. Yeah, I would yeah. vote them over several other players on this list. Yeah, 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 let's, let's make a vote. All right. Yeah. Um, set it up, Evan. All right. So should I go in reverse order this time? Or yeah, if you yeah, if you yeah, want. I'll, I'll, I'll reverse it for yeah. once. So we uh, so Kirk's votes, you know, Thanks, feel like buddy. they matter more as the uh, chair. <laughs> uh Jeff, why don't you start? Uh I'm gonna go Kevin Williams. Hey, we're sorry, we're voting for five, just so you know. Yep, Devin Hester. Richmond Webb, Steve Wisniewski, then, oh God, um, <laughs> uh, just to make Vinny happy, Henry Ellard. <laughs> oh, uh, also too, uh, Paul did vote before he had to leave the chat. Oh, what, how, what did Paul vote? Uh, uh, Paul voted for, um, Paul voted for um, Jared Allen, uh, Willie Anderson, uh Andre Johnson, Kevin Williams, and uh Devin Hester. So he just went to the top five. Okay. There we go. Might as well. <laughs> Dan, go ahead. Like the running back list. I'm up. Yeah, Dan Kelly. Okay. Uh I will vote for Andre Johnson, Kevin Williams, Rodney Harrison, Richmond Webb. And Steve Wisniewski. Uh, Tom Hall. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Jack. Jack, sorry. Sorry, sorry, Jack. I'm going the wrong way. Uh, yeah, uh, I've got Hester. Richmond Webb. Kevin Williams. Andre Johnson. And Sean Alexander. Uh, Dave. I'll go um, Ricky Waters, Andre Johnson, um, Willie Anderson, Kevin Williams, and Henry Ellard. Now it's your turn, Tom. Sorry about that. Tom, oh, no problem. Kevin Williams. Devin Hester, Henry Ellard, Jared Allen, Sean Alexander. Uh, Wayne. Let me go with uh, Wisniewski, Rodney Harrison, Devin Hester, Kevin Williams, and Willie Anderson. 
Uh, Bill. Uh, Jared Allen. Henry Ellard. Andre Johnson. Steve Wisniewski. Kevin Williams. Uh, Dan Newman. Allen. Wisniewski. Harrison. Ellard. And Hester. Uh, Vinny. Uh, Hester. Wisniewski. Ellard. Um, Johnson. And uh, did I say Hester? You did. Yeah. Uh, uh, then. Uh, now what the hell? Kevin Williams, of course. <laughs> uh, Chris. Kevin Williams. Devin Hester, Henry Ellard, Jared Allen, and Willie Anderson. Ted. See, I've got uh, Andre Johnson, Jared Allen, Kevin Williams. Uh, I've got Richmond Webb and Willie Anderson. Chairman. Okay. Uh, Jared Allen, Kevin Williams, Devin Hester, Sean Alexander, Henry Ellard. And if I didn't vote for Williams or Ellard, you guys would think something was weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm also voting for Rodney, um, uh, Andre Johnson, and oh man, I am torn. Um, I don't think it necessarily matters. I'm going to actually go with Wisniewski as my last one over Hester. So actually, it will matter because that puts us in a two-way tie for fifth, I believe. Oh, does it? Yeah, so it does matter. Runoff. Runoff. I love it. Yes. Runoff election, just like in the New York City mayor election. I should right. know. Or, I'm right. Or, right. So, so the so we, the results the tie before. We could put well, I think 16 through. For those for the NFL, I don't think they do that. Well, so they did it. Off. They did it last night. They did, yeah, they did it in the semis. Yeah, they do it in the semis, but I don't think it's ever happened for the, the finals. Finals. But, right. Hold on a second. For people who are listening on the podcast, you can't see all of this. Uh, so our final results are Kevin Williams with 13, Devin Hester with nine, Henry Ellard with nine, Andre Johnson with eight, Jared Allen and Steve Wisniewski with seven, Willie Anderson, five, Rodney Harrison, Richmond Webb, four, Sean Alexander, three, Ricky Waters, one. So Anderson, Harrison, Webb, Alexander, and Waters are cut at this point. Uh, let me just put this down the bottom. We have four guys who are officially in. Are we just going to do a quick runoff for, for the remain with the remaining people? Yeah. Do we need to have a discussion between Jared Allen and Wisniewski? It's been a while since we talked about Wisniewski. I don't know if we even talked much about Jared Allen. Uh, if we're going to uh, if we're going to talk about uh, Wisniewski, I, I'd like to open that up to Wayne, who saw who saw him play a, a lot more than all of us. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. So Wayne, how come Raiders fans hate don't like to talk about him? <laughs> please, please tell us why. Most on for the most part, 
because they only pay attention to where the ball is. And uh, me as being a student of the game, the, the games are won and lost right there in the trenches. And this guy, you talk about availability. He, he was a rock. Even when he was injured, he was out there. Take me the fuck up and let me get on the field. And that's just what I admired about him. He wasn't a me, me, rah, rah guy. But what he did to the guy in front of him for all the years I watched him, that guy had to bring a big-ass lunch bucket. So he was just a mauler, man. And anyone for Jared Allen? Well, I just want to say, if I am ever not here, I would like Wayne to be my proxy vote. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he hey, likes the big dirty guys. I, I, yes. I love it. I, yes. I'm curious why Raider fans never really push for Wisniewski. You always see Plunkett or somebody else, but I I never see Wisniewski being pushed passionately on social media. Because of what Wayne just said. They didn't understand his personality. He wasn't there to be liked. He was there to inflict pain, and that's what he did. I got you. And I love I Raiders you. fans, but God damn, these guys have mentioned John Matuzak and Matt Millen's name more than they mentioned Steve Wisniewski yeah. when it comes yeah. to like, seriously, yeah. guys. Yeah, there's a there's a piece there of like epitomizing the Raider mystique or whatever versus superior football player. Wisniewski never played slaw. Yeah, that's true. Baby Ruth. Um, <laughs> Baby Ruth. Baby Ruth. Somebody so said it earlier about the media darlings. That has a lot to do with how people sway one way or the other. But if you just watch the game for the actual carnage, then, hey, that guy's a shoe-in to me. I mean, when it comes to, like, Wisniewski, this is a guy that's only been a semifinalist once, and I think that was, like, what, like, five, six, seven, eight years ago? Like, Something. to me, if you're talking about the all-pros and the all-decades, this is a guy that you better put in. I mean, yes, you could say, oh, six of them were second team. Th does it matter at this point? He's been to eight AP All-Pros. If you're going to care about those so much, if you're going to talk about All-Pros as much and All-Decades as much, this guy you better have on there. And, yes, he wasn't a raw, rock kind of guy, but he came to do his job, and that is actually required. <laughs> you want to know what is not required? Being a celebrity. You don't get paid to – want to simply be a celebrity because that's not going to win football games. But what is going to win football games is being the rock, being the stalwart on that Raiders line. And yes, it was unfortunate that his final game was the tuck rule game, but, and it's unfortunate for him that he didn't get to go to a Super Bowl and said that was actually Lomas, Lomas Brown's uh, fi final uh, year, if I recall. But for him was Nisky to me, as much as Allen is big on the pass rush, there are better pass rushers I can consider that played during that same position. Compared to other people that played guard at that time, Wisniewski is in a class on his own. And I think Wisniewski by far, even though Allen was a finalist last year, is the better overall football player in comparison. It was but, what Dan brought up earlier when he was talking about the Rodney Harrison comparison and Leroy Butler versus some of the other guys that played at the same time. Wisniewski's peers, the competition at the time, were Bruce Matthews, Larry Allen, mm -hmm. and McDaniel. And yeah. that, I think, has been held against them is how many interior linemen can you put in that you don't have the quantifiable stats or metrics for? 
But when you talk about he was second team all decade in the 90s, and that is uh, on there with Larry Allen. Like, so at his time, he was viewed in the similar light to Larry Allen and not that far off from Bruce Matthews, Randall McDaniel. To your point, Vinny, like two-time AP All-Pro, eight-time Pro Bowler. Like, he has more of those accomplishments, I think, or similar. Eight-time uh, AP All-Pro. Six of them were second team, but if you compare them all together, eight times. Eight times it tells it tells a further story, Vinny, to your point about, like, when you look at the fact that the guy missed, I think, two years in a 13-year career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two games in a 13-year career, and he, you could point to a decade of absolute dominance at the position. Like that feels like when you say, what's the eyeball test or the piss test for the hall of fame? Like you were among the absolute best in your position for an entire decade was was. Well, one last thing I I just wanted to add. So I I have five older brothers that I talk to about all, all of this type of stuff. And one criteria that we always use when discussing these guys is if you let in that guy, who else gets in because they're either on the same tier or, or even better. And so like when I brought up Henry Ellard, cause you guys convinced me about his worthiness in the last discussion, I mentioned him to one of my brothers and he immediately texted me back. So when does Irving Fryer get in? And then, mm-hmm. you know, and not that it's apples to apples, but it, it, that's kind of how we rate a lot of these guys. And so Wisniewski, I was one of the three people that voted for him. Part of my reasoning is if he gets in, that doesn't open the door for anyone else. There's no one else that you say yep. he was as good or better than Wisniewski and he's not in yet. You know, maybe Logan Mankins is the next generation where 10 years from now, someone's having this debate about Mankins. But for now, I, I think Wisniewski is not in, like Vinny said, with Allen, you could point to other pass rushing sack specialists and say that their overall body of work was DeMarcus Ware was clearly better. And, and he's already yeah. in there. And uh, how long did you know? So, Green so to me, Wisniewski would get my vote easily. So do we have anyone to talk about Jared Allen? Because we had we had the same number of votes on this, so yeah, I, I think also at, at this point, uh, just because it's, it is getting late, and believe it or not, I got another show that I'm doing in 20 minutes that I got to prep for. So, are we good at this point just to do our final just, vote? Like, just does anyone have anything to say about Jared Allen? Love the hair. This about Jared Allen is look at him. Like, he has some of the tangible metrics, and he was a very good player. Oh. But how long did it take Kevin Green to get in the Hall of Fame? That, that guy should not have taken 16 years. Like the the guy was the guy was third all time in sacks, and it took him 16 years to make it. And the fact that he's now no longer with us is sad. But at least he made it when he was alive. Sure. And it's kind of hard for me to really go with like, hey, if you're gonna like push him for so long, despite arguably being better at his position, I would argue. You, you you can't just go ahead with Allen now because, you know, the hair is nice and he may be playing curling, but like I said, Allen, you can compare to other guys and say other people were better. You can't say the same thing was with, with Niski. Yeah. Like if you look at Dwight Freeney, I think was a better edge rusher. Um, and Peppers, Taylor, like thinking all those guys from the 2000s all decade team, they were better all around football players. 
not only were they great pass rushers, they were also great against the run. I don't think you could ever say Jared Allen was great against the run. I, I I'm going to jump just, off, guys. So I got to get going, but I'm cool with. Let's just vote quickly because we can just bump her down, Tom, and then you need to get out. out. I just want to right. say one other thing real quick. I, I just feel 12 of us had Allen on the list before we did all this. Three had Wisniewski. I think both are going to be good candidates. It's just I, I find it hard to believe we're debating this much over a 12 to three before beforehand. So nothing's really changed in their career accolades. <laughs> you don't, you don't think that Alec got worse. It was just got better this evening. Right. Right. Oh, it's, it's like, it's like with baseball. Oh, your vote goes up. So you get better by not doing yeah. anything. I voted for both of them. Um, but I didn't vote for several other guys that are already through. Yeah. I have never once in my life voted for Jared Allen. So <laughs> uh, it's time to vote i think right yeah. yes so all right kirk what do you got i'm gonna do this a little strategic because i think we can talk about uh jared allen's gonna be a finalist so we're gonna be combining them anyway i'd like to do a deeper dive on wisniewski so I, i'm picking steve uh ted i'll just go with allen just because i picked him originally chris I'll go with Jared Allen as well. Uh, Vinny? I mean, duh, Wisniewski. <laughs> uh, Dan Newman? Allen. Uh, did uh, did Tom vote before he got out of here? Uh, yes. Jared Allen. yes he... he voted Jared Allen? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Bill? Jared Allen. Wayne? Wisniewski. Uh, Dave? Jared Allen. Jack. Wisniewski. Uh, Dan. Wisniewski. Jeff. We're going to end up with a tie. Holy We're shit. not because we have an odd number of people. So Okay, good. Wisniewski. <laughs> <laughs> and I already told you, I have never once in my life voted for Jared Allen. Yes! Not voting for Jared yes! Allen. Who <laughs> <laughs> that man? Yay, Steve Jared Allen. I just, I don't, I don't get it. So, it right. his face, and it was really cool. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, like yeah, I said, like, Jared, wow, just Jared, what a jump was this. If Jared dude. Allen had a haircut, we'd have be having a whole separate conversation. <laughs> Wayne you should be very too. happy. Wayne okay, be very happy. So, with that, uh, Evan, if you can read off uh, for those listening, just the 15 that we did pick. And then yep. I'll just do some closing remarks. Yep. So we have uh, Patrick Willis, Tony Baselli, Demarcus Ware, Zach Thomas, Reggie Wayne, Tori Holt, Steve Tasker, Rondé Barber, Richard Seymour, Leroy Butler, Kevin Williams, Devin Hester, Henry Ellard, Andre Johnson, and Steve Wisniewski. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, all of you who... Uh, sat through all this thank you so much thank you for listening thank you for thank you all of you who are on this thanks for participating uh, guys yes uh, this means a lot to uh evan and i uh i hope we've done a good job articulating that and i hope everyone is just having fun at the end of the day it's a fun debate let's not we don't need to get super personal about this and i think we all did a pretty damn good job which is why i think we're, we all wanted want to come back to this if there's someone listening or 
viewing this and wants to be a part of this and think they can bring a unique perspective, especially if you're from a different fan base that we're not, a, that, that's not represented. That would be awesome. We would love to have you. Uh, with that, uh, I guess what's my usual close. Stay safe, everybody. Take care. Thanks, guys. Care. Thanks. This is awesome. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks, guys. Much appreciated. Thank you, Dan. Happy holidays. See you all again. Happy holidays, guys. All right, thanks. Yeah, happy, happy New Year, everybody. Take care. Right, bye. Take Best care. of luck, guys.